Yep. Are we recording? Yes, we are. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today, we've got a huge episode. We're going to be talking free agency. Uh, a lot of scoops have come out. I mean, it's in a couple days. It's coming right up. Just infinite possibilities because we haven't heard too many solid rumors based on what the Leafs are doing out there. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. And the about, end of the episode, we'll touch on a little bit of around the league, what happened, because since our last podcast, it's <laughs> the league's gone a little a little haywire there, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. To say the least, yeah. To definitely a lot, a lot of action, which made made the draft a lot of fun uh, for those who don't aren't too in tune with the prospects, oh, yeah. um, which is sure. always fun to see. But I mean, it was a lot of action and oh, yeah. uh, not all good action. I really got Depends say. on which side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to state, like, fire the whole Chicago Blackhawks organization into the sun. Oh my God, we've we've gone we've gone past this organization. They they've they've done too much. They had a rough day. They they've had a rough like yeah terrible. I don't even know. But yeah. Anyways, terrible. Um, on top of this, let's get right into it. Um, we wanted to touch on the Leafs draft picks real quick first. Um, obviously we they went with Matthew Nyes, uh, Ty Voigt, and then. I'm not going to be able to pronounce the the goaltender's name, but he was Artur Aktimov's goalie partner in Urbis or in the MHL. That's all I know about him. That's about it. But, uh, Josh, you want to touch on Matthew Nyes a little bit? Yeah, I mean, probably not the type of player that you would expect the Leafs to take. I think people had a certain, you know, type of player circled for them which was probably again they like production they like skill which is what they've often drafted on and not that Matthew Nyes is not skilled or not productive but he's you know he's a bigger guy he's 6'3 which is not a bad thing that's good he uh he's not, not quick yeah he's not a speedster by any sense of the word he's you know he, he's not exactly what they have in their pipeline which I think could be part of the reason why they picked him because I think there is something to diversifying your prospect pool right you can't have the same type of player over and over. I still think you always take best player available, in my opinion. Do I think he was the best player available from what I understood from talking to a lot of people? No, I don't think so. I think that was pretty pretty widely said. Uh, our guy scout, Scouching, Will Scouch, was not a fan of the pick, personally. Had him unranked. Yeah, so he said, you know, long story short on nice, he has the toolbox. He just doesn't isn't that effective. He doesn't drive play much. He's more of a passenger in the USHL already. Didn't and develop too much from one year no. to the next. So that's the thing. A lot of people point to the fact, oh, you know, he has back-to-back around point-a-game seasons in the USHL. But if you look at the other guys drafted in from the USHL in the top two rounds, most of them are like almost a point and a half a game. Like some some guys that were drafted were almost a goal a game. So it's, you know, his production was good, but it was not like top 50-ish pick range in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, the player specifically, he's big. He's uh, monster in the corners, which is interesting because it's a difference between being a monster in junior in the USHL and being a monster in the NHL, right? So we'll mm-hmm. see how that translates. I watched him play. I, I was um, cautiously optimistic from watching him. I, I thought he skated better than I expected. I think he's got decent hands. I think he's got a pretty hard shot. But again, I don't have an in-depth understanding of his game because there's not that much to watch from the USHL, right? So you're relying on a game maybe you can find or some highlights here and there but you know it's hard to criticize a second round pick though we don't we didn't have that many pits a low second round pick i i do appreciate the fact that they're 
adding something they don't have to the mix. That's kind of my take on it. I don't mind getting a bigger guy, you know, maybe can be a power forward type. Zach um, Hyman type. Yeah. Huh? And, but this is not people tweeting that this is replacing Zach Hyman. That's not how the draft works. It's, this is a, he's not going to play for three, four years down yeah, the line. Right. I do like that. He's going to Minnesota. They got a good program up and coming program there. So we'll see what happens in college. Hopefully, you know, he makes an impact as a freshman. You'd almost expect that from a top 50 pick, I would say. Right. Yep. It's also an October birthday. So not too late. Right. right? So we'll see. Pretty physically mature. We'll see what happens. Exactly. I really like, yeah, a lot of his assists seem to come from puck battles in the corner. From what I was told, um, the guy I brought up on the scouting episode, uh, Beck, his brother, was saying that his brother, Noah Beck, I think that's the name, was saying kind of a, a, a stitch, we'll call him, to play against. Uh, really good at winning puck battles in the corner, as you mentioned. It seemed like a lot of his, that's where a lot of his assists came from. Not quite a playmaker, but like we'll win those puck battles and you know, help his line mates out that way. Um, but, yeah, kind of a power forward, Zach Hyman type. Um, the other guy, Ty Voigt, got some interesting reviews, and I want to read a couple that I had here because, obviously, we haven't watched him play. I haven't watched Ty Voigt play. I watched a couple highlights here and there. There's one game uh, he played about 14 minutes in the game I saw on YouTube. That's all I saw. Oh, interesting. But Brock Otten, who I, I trust, he's a pretty good uh, follow on Twitter, at Brock Otten, said, In Ty Voigt, the Leafs are getting one of the draft's premier playmakers. Truly believe that if the OHL plays, he's a top two-round selection. Insane vision and precision on his passes. More shifty, in brackets, strong edge work than quick. Massive potential, great selection. Mitch Brown, uh, who's a writer for EP Rinkside, at Mitch L. Brown, said, Big Ty Voigt fan, top 50 pick IMO, one of the CHL's Best playmakers as a 16-year-old. Lots of standout elements. One-touch playmaking, constant deception, high pace, give-and-go mindset, chains together, move in motion, high uncertainty, but a potential home run. Yeah, honestly, I, I was impressed by what I saw from this kid. Uh, I agree with that, actually. I think he's a candidate where if the OHL plays this year, I really think he's at least a point-of-game player, and he's going in the top two rounds. That's what I saw. But that's projection, right? He could... He could come back and be the same guy he was before, and then he's not a draftable player. Who knows, right? That's what makes this draft so interesting. Wait, who was it? Clark, I think, out of North Bay that one year. He put up 51 points in his 16-year-old OHL year and then, like, quit hockey three years later. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's all about development, right? And I agree with all those descriptions of him. The, the way I described him, he's a quick twitch player. You know, he, the puck truly is on and off his stick. Sometimes you'd see some of these higher skilled players in junior tend to over stick handle. I think Scouch mentioned that about Kent Johnson, who ended up going fifth overall. It's happened sometimes, obviously, because in junior you can over stick handle. But I like the way he plays very quick twitch, puck on and off his stick, good edge work, good skater. I, he is a smaller guy. I didn't see that great of a shot, to be honest, which is, you know. We'll see. But uh, I definitely think he projects as a potential middle six winger at the oh, next yeah. level. But Mitch Brown has some fantastic assist um, metrics on him. He tracks his own stats, 5-5-5 five, five, five only, and his primary assist per 60 is off the charts here from yeah, what so I'm showing. I, I like the potential of that pick. Agreed. Yeah. I don't have anything to say on yep. the last It was guy. a light draft for the Leafs, obviously. So yeah. Only three picks. picks. We'll pro when do you guys expect to see these guys? Not, if not, not for a while. Three to five years, years probably. Especially five. with the Leafs, you know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, not to go back to that call. I, I, I just want to go back to uh, Ni Ni what's it? Matthew Nyes. Matthew Nyes. Um, so 
I just I just would have liked us to take Ayrton Martino there just for a, a Toronto Same. kid, right? Yeah, I, I think, think we all did. And like Scout said that on the episode, I just wanted to bring that up. It would have been interesting to see. But oh well, like I I wonder how much I think his name's Ryan is it Ryan Clark, the new hire from Chicago Steel. I wonder how much he had to play with that because both those guys, Ayrton Martino question. and um Nyes, uh played in the like USHL, USHL and he got to see them both. Uh and I wonder if he I don't know. Maybe he thought Nice had better, better projectability in NHL. I don't know what it yeah. could have been, but it's just interesting to, to see that the, the second round pick was a USHL player when we just hired a guy from, from the, the USHL. So interesting. Anyways. I will. I do. I would like to note that Dallas in the first round took Wyatt Johnson, which we thought was a bit of a reach. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But they ended up with Logan Stankoven in the second round and Ayrton Martino in the third. Yeah. Which, if you, you know, if you followed that podcast we did with Will Scouting, which did really well. Thanks everyone for listening. Those were two shout guys. Shout out we, New Zealand. Yeah, shout out New Zealand. Those are two guys we talked about where, you know, these guys are look like the t- possible sliders in the draft that could end up really, really paying dividends down down the line. I had a chance to uh, fire off a tweet on the Rink Rap main account saying, I really think Logan Stankoven ends up being like an Alex DeBrinket type steal in this draft. Similar type player too. So we'll see what happens. But I really like that player. So shout out to Dallas for that. So I, something funny that I saw, you tweeted, I think, five or six players, right? Yeah, and then they and all went off the yeah, board. Yeah, they literally all tough. went off, like, what, like, ten picks to go. That I don't know tough. how you yeah. lost. Like, that, that was just tough. That was crazy. That but was yeah. tough. That's a funny one. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Free agency. Uh, Josh, you've been doing a lot of work all day oh, yeah. today on this. You want to start oh, yeah. us off? Well, so I think a lot of the news that's come out is – about goalies, right? So first off, list the least yeah, what, needs in free mm-hmm. agency. What do you think they're going to address? Okay, needs. so in my opinion, they they need a goalie. It seems like they are interested in a one A one B situation. So you technically need a starting level goalie here. Mm-hmm. That's it's been made very evident that the Leafs want a guy who can really share the load with Jack Campbell. We talked about this. is it sixty forty? Is it fifty fifty? I think we're at this point. It's probably going to be close to fifty fifty. I think still sixty forty could be possible. But that's where we are with that. So goalie number one. Number two for me is you need to add a left winger. I'm not going to specify how high in the lineup the left winger is going to have to play because I don't think a good way of replacing Zach Hyman is trying to find another Zach Hyman. I think that's, that's a poor way of going about it. So I think a left winger, in my opinion, I would like to, for them to add a centerman. I would, I, we'll talk about that later, but I think that's a position of need. So we got goalie, we got left wing, we got centerman. I think they're going to add a depth defenseman that can probably penalty kill. Think about Bogosian's role. He didn't play much. He played 12 minutes, five on five, but he played two to three minutes of PK every night. So that's a player they lost. Do they trust the guys in-house to penalty kill? Travis Dermott was not a penalty killer for them. So Kyle Dubas in his end-of-season prefs conference did come out and say they're going to try and get uh, the names he threw out there, Sandine, Lilgren, uh, I think, believe he said Brooks and Joey Anderson as well as many shots as they can into the lineup up there so I thought yeah. that was interesting. I, I think they definitely will but I I'm just so, if yeah. we're talking needs that's what I would say I would say I think they need a goalie but he I did think. also say I think they're looking to bring in a veteran yep, guy like 100%. Bogosian but Bogosian has walked I think it's official he's so I'll, he's I'll throw the first scoop out there Bogosian's not going to play in Canada this year I don't wow. think he was a fan of the COVID restrictions that Which happened. Which is interesting because he skates at Vaughn Iceplex. Yep. So he has, he's going to the States. So he's not going to be playing in Canada this year. He's not going to be on Toronto. So that's that's one. But yeah, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. The forwards, I think you can interchange. I think when I say center, it's they need two forwards to add mm-hmm. to the group, right? It might not be a centerman. I would prefer it to be a centerman. That's how I see it, though. Yeah. That would make sense. Of course, yeah. When you look at it, I mean... You could play Kerfoot 2LW. I don't really want him there. 
I don't think he's I, I, I would just like something more there kind of thing. Um, in general, in terms of a need, I, I think a little bit of speed and maybe a little bit of finishing ability yeah. is needed in the lineup. Yep. Um, do not give me, oh, they, they need toughness. I've heard this so many times. No. What, like You need goals to win games, I believe. Last the one, time I checked. The one thing we said, and th- I, I'm stealing this from Jamie McLennan on Overdrive, who I think coined this very well. You need competitive toughness. It can't be... A guy who's exactly. there just to fight. They got to be able to bring something to the table every night other than just that intangible. Which is kind of weird because I believe at the end of last offseason, they said, yeah, functional toughness. But it's like... No, I think competitive I is a better word. <laughs> and competitive, I think, is a much yeah. better word. Mm-hmm. Think, and, um, think. I know we just got overpaid, but Barkley Goudreau is that yeah. example, yeah. right? But ideally, Barkley Goudreau, two years ago where you trade for him. And, and you pay him $1 million. Exactly. Correct. Yes, they did that, trade a first-round pick for him. Uh, yeah. And, but, yeah. For um, two years ago. So do you want to get into some names so, now? Yeah, I, think, I, I, I think a perfect transition, functional – or sorry, competitive toughness, Michael Bunting. I've seen it all around Leafs Twitter. What do you guys think of him? I, I love Michael Bunting. He's – I'm going to say it. He's from Sioux. He's a former Sioux Greyhound. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Don't, tell, don't tell Steve Dangle, yeah. Um, but he's a former Sioux Greyhound, and uh, in his 20 games that he played with uh, Arizona, he actually put up really good numbers. Um, uh, he's, he can score, which is, I think, the biggest issue that uh, the Leafs need to address, at least in their middle six slash bottom six. And he plays the left wing. He literally checks every single box the Leafs should be looking for in a, a forward in free agency. Um, one thing that... Uh, from Scarborough, too. Yeah, from Tr- Toronto boy. And... Uh, I saw on Twitter somewhere that um, st- some things that scouts have said about him. One thing, one of the major things that they've said is that I don't. They don't know how. They don't know why. But for some reason, he's able to score at almost every level he plays at, and and just put the puck in the back of the net, which is always a, a comforting thing to hear from uh, from scouts who because guys who can do it at every level, it's it's always good. And he showed that he can do it in the NHL. So it makes you think maybe it's a little more uh, uh, skill than luck. Because he did shoot a rather high shooting percentage and only played 20 games, mind you. But I think uh, just writing that off as uh, just extremely lucky shooting percentage, I think is a big mistake. And I think he could be an extremely good value guy you can get for very, very cheap. So that's the thing with him, though. What's the, what's the cap dollar, right? If, if I think we'd all bring him in for a million. 100%. A million and a half, it right? It can't but be that much. He only played half a season in the NHL yeah, I agree. Year. But now the, all, there's all this hype around him, yeah, right? He had 10 goals hype. in 21 games. But I, I think he could be a candidate to maybe be a little overpaid off of a small sample size. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe. I think so. I mean, we just saw Sam Bennett get how much yeah, this three. afternoon? Yeah. Four times 4.3. And how many? He played 15 games with Florida. And his, his time with Calgary, I mean, somehow Florida valued that as two second-round picks. So I guess they really, really like him. But that's just an example. Small sample size, and then it gets you. Look how, many, look how people are talking about Alex Kerfoot, who was fourth line at the end of the, last, uh, at the, end of the season pretty much. Look how people are talking about him based off a seven-game playoff sample size in which he put four up he put up four points when there was a goalie in the net. Four points in seven games, mind you. I don't know. But in terms of what I saw from Michael Bunting at the World Championships, not the most physical tournament, bigger ice, he can really skate out there. And this guy was causing havoc and just, just going absolutely ballistic out there in a tournament where there's no fighting. I thought this guy was going to get kicked out of the tournament. So, like, it, it brought a lot of energy and, like, excitement to me just sitting on the couch there to see a guy that it's like, 
He didn't put up any points, mind you. Like the other thing sucks, about him, I want to add is he falls into the very rare uh, group six unrestricted free yes. agent, where he's a younger. He's basically the youngest unrestricted free agent. He's twenty five years 25 old. Twenty five years old. So that's yeah. another positive, September right? September seventeen. We're not talking about a twenty eight, twenty nine year old player. He's still technically in his prime right now, right? That's something else to add in terms of his his. I agree. He's a again a smaller player. He can skate though, which is good to see. Yeah. And I would be good with that on a you know a lower AAV deal. I would sign him to. If it happened, a Hyman-style deal, maybe at lower AAV, though. So if we're talking maybe one or two mil for three or four years, I'd be interested in that. I think that's a 100%. decent bet. What's 100%. the highest AAV you're willing to give Michael? I would Bunting not give him over probably 1.5 to 2. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the range. I would, I would say. not give him more than 2. Okay, so if it's 2 mil, how many years? I, I There would have to be term there. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. ideally 3 to 4. I don't think I'd go two, two years as... Two years, I, two I think that rich, also think. could be a contract that burns you. For me, I'd be looking, if we can, one-year, one-mil-ish deal. Again, Show a, me what you can do. He's a younger free yeah. agent, right? It's yeah. not like he's 30 looking to cash out. He's still 25. So you yeah. have a good year with the Leafs, then you cash out at 26. Yeah. 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 Plays the left wing, left wing, right wing, according to elite prospects as well. So... Yeah, so yeah, we'll one thing why I think he could be... Uh, you mentioned him a potential overpay candidate. I don't know if that's... I, I'm, I'm. Look, there's a lot of left wing available. Yeah, let's talk about another one then. So throw it out. There. No, no, I'm just saying, like, just in total, like, there's a, a like the high end players are are left wings. Hyman, Landis, Cog, Felino's going to attract attention. Some people will like Yanmark, maybe Coleman. There's a lot, a lot of left wingers out there, and I think he'll, he maybe will be one of like Bunting could fall through the cracks. So, I'd like to transition to. There's five names I have circled that I think are going to get similar contracts. Okay, give me the first one, and I'll guess this another one. Okay, so the first one is Brandon Sod. Okay. Guess another guy I have in this group. Uh, Mikel Granlin. Correct. Mikel Granlin is another one. Uh, Thomas Tatar. I ha- I don't have him in this group. Wow. Mike Jayden Hoffman. Schwartz. Mike Hoffman. I almost had in this group, but not quite. I'll get to Mike Hoffman. He's asking later. for a ton of money. So that's why. So. I think I'll, I'll let's start with Hoffman here for a sec. I think he's a guy that Leafs fans wanted to get maybe at a at a prove it deal, right? Around the trade deadline, they were talking about that. He actually played quite well for St. Louis down the stretch. He ended up playing. I know they only played four playoff games. He was at 15, 16 minutes a night for them on their first power play, and and they really think after the trade deadline, after that whole, are they going to dump he him? He got even scratched. They, he got scratched. He really responded well. And honestly, there's not a lot of guys who just score at a 25 to 30 goal pace every year, and he did it again this year. Right. Hoffman, again, he's a little older. He's 31. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get upwards of five million for three years back in St. Louis. So I, I think he's almost priced out of Toronto's range personally. And when you add in his age, the type of player he is and uh, the contract he's going to get, I think he's priced out of Toronto. So he was not in that yeah. group. It was funny because he was rumored to go to Montreal. He's linked to Montreal, but it's like, dude, that's the kind of player you guys bench every single year. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love, again, I would love to have him on the Leafs. I think he'll be priced out of the Leafs. So yeah. in that group, I want to touch on all five of these players. So we have Brandon Saad. We have Michael Granlin. We have Jaden Schwartz. We have Kyle Palmieri. And we have Alex Wenberg. All right. The thing I see in common with these five players. So to, Okay, go on. Sorry. They're all forwards, right? That's an obvious one. Whoa. And I all I think all of them are going to come in at around four-ish million, maybe four to five, at around three years, four years. That's what I'm looking at. For I think they're all going to get very similar contracts. That's from what I've just read, from what I've heard from Frank Saravalli, from some contract predictions. Some of these guys I like more than others, and we'll get into that. But these are five names I think Leafs fans should circle in terms of higher-end options for the team. 
Um, but the issue is Jaden Schwartz is like pretty much confirmed in Seattle. I, I heard that's not true. Interesting. Wow. Frank Saravelli said it's not confirmed. He wow. said cool. it's close with Seattle, but it's not done. Friedman, I'm getting that source from Friedman. Yeah, Elliot so Friedman. Frank Saravelli said that that's not done. Interesting. Kyle Palmieri, I also heard top drawer contract. With the Islanders. With the Which Islanders. Is possible. That's possible. I think that one, he's, he's signed there. He's locked up. But what I like about each of those players is the finishing ability. Yeah. We really need to add some finishing ability to this team. Like. Yeah. Oh, he has a higher his shooting percentage is higher. It's not sustainable. Uh, no, it's called having a good shot. Look at Steven Stamkos, Austin Matt. Look at the good shooters tend to have a higher shooting percentage. Guys like Alex Kerfoot tend to not. Even right. though one year he had 15, which makes no sense. So, I'm the guy I would want the most in this group is either Brandon Sod or Jaden Schwartz. Again, I don't want to go too deep into Jaden Schwartz. As you said, it seems like he's going to go to Seattle, and that makes it sound like he's probably going to, again, be priced out of the Leafs' range. I don't think they're looking to spend five or six on a guy. And if it's already close with Seattle before he can even test the market, I'm assuming that's the range he's going to be in. He's a 28-year-old. He's had good, pretty much good years every year the last five years. He's been a little injury-prone, and he's coming off making 5.35. So he was making above $5 million. I assume he's going to not want a massive discount from that. Probably a similar contract, if not a little more. So I think he's a really good player. He has good offensive and defensive impact. I think you could put him on the top line. He'd score 30 goals with the Leafs. So, wow. But I think he's going to be in Seattle. I think he's going to be a good fit there. If not Seattle, I'm not sure where. I heard Colorado as well for him. If Landeskog doesn't work out, he's kind of like a lower version of Landeskog. So that would be my number one. Number two would be Brandon Saad that I talked about last time. I really like Brandon Saad's offensive ability in terms of the finishing. He scored 20 goals this year. Sorry, he scored 15 goals this year. And, you know, he didn't play that much. He played about 13 minutes. Wouldn't the Leafs love a guy to come in, 28 years old, been, again, I've said it last episode, been around the block, won cups, been in a lot of different systems. Imagine you get a guy coming 13, 14 minutes to score 20, 25 goals for you. And I don't think he has to play on your top line either, right? So I think he can bring the offensive impact up and down the lineup so that'd be a guy i'd be zeroed in and i don't think he's going to make that much i think he's going to be at four ish for two or three years type deal personally so that makes sense. interesting so just let me make this clear you're looking for of those guys you listed those are all guys who you'd expect to be able to play first or second line but they're not we're not calling them first line we're not no. but we expect them to play up and down the lineup, and they should have the ability to play up and down the lineup. Yeah, they're right. not first-line players, but they can bring something to your first line, mm -hmm. and they'd be worth putting there. Yes. I mean, like, is Zach Hyman a first-line player? He became one, but he will he still one, be one, right? Will, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, again, these are a group of guys that are going to make a little bit higher AAVs, where we're looking yeah. at four-ish million. So I think that's something the Leafs will consider. Will that be the type of player they end up signing? I'm not sure. But they're looking at all options here. So that's why I want to get over get through this group of players first, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So that makes sense. what do you guys think of Saad or Schwartz? Or if you want to touch on Granlund, Palmieri, or Wendell? I really, really like Granlund. I think I said this last – or no, I touched on it a little bit last episode. I mean, around the net, he is fantastic. I mean, he's a 5'10 player. But just he, he's just like a he finds the little spaces. He's able to get the tips in. He's able to get the rebounds. I put together a highlight video so ready for him to come to the Leafs at the trade deadline. And then, you know, Nashville pulled the shoot and decided to go for it. So I, I can't wait to put out those those highlights again. Hopefully, 
he moves out of Nashville at least, at the bare minimum there. But fantastic finisher. I think that's what's really, really missing on the power play for the Leafs. That could be a really good addition there. So I got a question about Granlin. Sorry, Jason. Go no, ahead. I was just—I was just gonna say I like Granlin, but I—I I think he'll be one of those guys who will be priced out of the Leafs. Unfortunately, I don't. You I don't, don't think so? No. I think he'll Too be one of the more coveted, coveted I, I free agents. Okay. Uh, he might. I, I hope. I hope get? not. I hope not. I think he's uh, getting up uh, four plus. Maybe that's what I think. But I. I so here's yeah. my question with Granlin this year: Are you at all worried that maybe he's slowing down a bit because you know he played almost 20 minutes a night this year and he's. The production wasn't really there. Do you get the production credit? wasn't really? He also played in Nashville. The is production that why you're, really. Is, so you're saying because of Nashville? I'm saying once he went to Nashville, the second he touched his foot in Nashville, his production took a nosedive. Also, it did go up a little bit uh, second half of the season there. But I mean, look what's happening in Nashville. Ryan Johansson all of a sudden can't score. Matt Duchesne all of a sudden stinks. Um, I don't know. Like all these other guys on the team, I off the top of my head I can't even remember some names, but Duchesne, you said, yeah. Well yeah, Duchesne Johansson are two huge ones right there. Uh Forsberg not, which whatever. But I think Granlin's production, his actual points total, is being cut down because he's in Nashville there. Right. Any other names that so you had there? Just just quickly back to Granlin, he does have like a higher expected goals than he than he does like actual goals. So he could be I like they, that could just be lo- uh, un- unlucky on his part and product of the environment that he plays in, just not being able to finish the the players around him. Again, all these guys are similar age. I know this is interesting yeah. to Leafs fans. Uh, Granlin's twenty nine, so it's this is not a guy you're going to sign for seven years. This is a you're probably looking at a two three year deal for a guy like Michael Granlin. And I think if you can pencil him in around three, possibly, I'd yeah. be all over that. As you get over four to five, I think there's other players in this range that I would prefer. That would be Brandon Saad and Jaden Schwartz. Yeah. An interesting guy was Kyle Palmieri. I know you think that the Islanders have that one locked up, which is probably which could be true. They got some cap space. He's an interesting one because he kind of took a massive production dip this year, but I think they're going to bank on him, you know, bouncing back well. But he's 32, so he's another guy. And I'm not sure I want to give a four or five year deal to, which I think the Islanders probably will. And for them, you're replacing Eberly with Palmieri. I think that's actually a downgrade personally. So. Yeah, I would agree there. I mean, yeah. like, Palmieri, I feel like, is such like a specialist. It's finishing around the net there. Some breakaways as well he generates, but a really good shot that he can really place very, very well, in tight especially. Um, whereas Eberle, it's more of a, a well-rounded game there. So With Palmieri, he's not the size of JVR, but when you talk about where he scores, it's very similar. Yeah, he's a yeah. thick boy. Yeah. He's a thick boy. Um the, Any there, other there was one more name in that group I want you guys to touch on, and that's Alex Wenberg. So Alex Wenberg went to Florida this year. This was one of the great pickups by Bill Zito this year. Which is funny. Be, it was, so with his what happened, his pro- progression there, he was on Columbus. They banked on him. They gave him a pretty good contract there. And then his production took just – or sorry, his shooting percentage took an absolute nosedive. I believe one year it was at 2%, if you can fact check yeah, that for 3. me. Yeah, 3.1%. Wow. And then this year, all of a sudden, it ballooned up to what? 17 goals. I think he's a great player. Will he be $4.5 million again? I think he'll probably get that in free agency there, but it'd be a good add. It's just like in terms of value, you're not going to look at that deal, I don't think, this year and go, wow, that was great value. Like we did with the Florida deal. The Florida deal, you looked at it, it was like 2.5, it was 2.2. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that's that's a great value. It's a good bet Mm -hmm. on him. But so so that that is really well said. That's exactly what I was going to say about Wenberg. I kind of put him here, here as like a fish for you guys. See what you'd yeah. say. 
I think the Leafs would look at a type of player like that and get him for 2.25. They're not going to pay $4 million for a guy who just had a massive breakout year, right? So they're going to try to probably find the next Alex Wenberg instead of paying this version of Alex Wenberg. Yes. You know, he made $4 million on a big deal. Florida grabbed him for 2.25. He was extremely productive for them. Again, they didn't make a cup run, but he was a great, great player on their team in their top six. So there's another group of free agents here that may, you know, make that much. So, but... That's why I added Wenberg because yeah. maybe he's the type of player that they try to get in terms of his production this year at his cap dollar. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he was he like over the past three seasons. His last season with Florida was obviously very good offensively, very strong. But his metrics in uh, Columbus were just not good at all. So he could be like you said, like a uh, a little bit of bait for some team, and he might be an overpay candidate where a guy a, a team might come in, splash a lot of money at him because he is a centerman. Um, and uh, he's only 26 years old, uh, another young free agent, uh, and he could just be, in my opinion, an overpaid candidate. If his uh, if his uh, offense starts to fall off, he doesn't really have that defensive driving a bit like uh, defensive ability, um, and he doesn't really do special teams that well. So he once once he loses his offense, if he does, that's the, there there might be problems that arise. So he, he's a good good little fish to toss. There. I, I, like I was it. just wondering what you guys would think. Yeah. But another thing for him, he's believe it or not, only 26 yeah, years old. Very young. Young very, free very agent because he's already played seven years mm -hmm. in the league, right? So, I mean, t at 26, I bet people will bank on that. I, I think he's looking at a five-by-five five type. Thing. Yeah, and honestly, his metrics when he was younger, like when he was like 24, a lot 20, 23, 22, 21, they were significantly better. And I don't know I don't know when Tortorella came in. I don't know how much of the Im impact he has on that. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, – It'll be interesting to see Alex Lundberg's career play out, honestly. Like, it will be very interesting. So. It'll be interesting to see, like, what all of these. I feel yeah, like the one Columbus of these guys is going to take a real discount. One of the one of the five guys. One I of mean. the five guys. I, that's why I think it's an interesting group, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't know which one, though. That's I think Saad. I think because he's made a lot of money already, yeah. right? So, and I think he probably still prioritizes winning. Yeah, because you look at a guy like Eric Stahl, who's won, or won one, one cup early in his career, and he just... Was never able to to do it again so far. He's not, he's thirty six now, right? Like these guys, I think these guys are going to start to value cups, especially guys who've gotten paid. They'll they'll value cups a little bit more than uh, than than the money yeah. dollar value. That's a good point. Uh, so, do you want to talk about like the next category you have? So I named a bunch of guys. I want you guys to name. A okay, so my a hundred percent is Thomas Tatar. I already mm -hmm. talked about him. What do yep. you guys think about Thomas so Tatar? Yeah, I, I think he fills that that middle six, top six guy who can play three, two, one, uh, the first line, second line, third line. Uh, he fills that role that we addressed, the, uh, fills the need that we addressed the Leafs have. Um, he he's interesting because he's his reputation is definitely going to be tarnished because he's been on a, a, a lot of the three, four team, three, three or four teams in his career. Uh, teams don't really like that. I feel like you'd be able to not get, even that the playoffs he got scratched in the playoffs. He it, got scratched in the playoffs for with the Vegas when they made the cup mm -hmm. run. The next year with Montreal, he was totally trash. And then this year with Montreal, he did. He got scratched again. Yeah. So it's that's going to hurt his cap dollar. I wonder. It's, it's I, I like him. He's he's a good player. He has all he does all the right things, has the right metrics, passes the eye test for me is, as like a, a, a top six player top six winger, but uh, I, I really, he, I, I like him because he has the potential to come in at, at a low AV. I just, the, the questions around him are going to hurt him a lot. And I, I think the least yeah. should. I really think, I really hope GM's galaxy bring themselves yeah. on this one. Yeah. He's a great player. I not really taken into stock the, the, the playoffs, especially the mm -hmm. last two. I mean, when you look at it, the last two playoffs, one was in a bubble. 
that can really screw with you mentally. And then the next one was a modified bubble. No fans. Like, how much does that mess with a player there like that? I mean, and on top of that, Tatar in Vegas, he's coming in. He's the big free agent acquisition. How much did that screw? Like, their style didn't quite match him. But from what I saw in those playoffs, he generated some very good chances in the limited time that he played. So I'm not taking into account his – I'm not – taking stock into these playoff gaffes that he's had. I'm really looking at the Thomas Tatar that led the Montreal Canadiens in points. The Thomas Tatar that, you know, has put up great underlying numbers. I'd really like to take a, a waiver on that one and get a good value deal out of that one. Yeah, he's he's definitely a player with value. And, and a, another thing I just want to mention is that Mon- Montreal, Ducharme wasn't like the most, he didn't have the, 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 the most experience with his team and, and deploying his lineup. So it, he, you saw at the beginning, he didn't really know which players to put in, which players to leave out. He left out Kakanyemi, he left out uh, Cole Caulfield. Caulfield. Like, so we don't, how, how much credence can we put into his, uh, like, he's, he's, a, he's a new head coach. We, we don't know how well he knows his players. Maybe he just didn't like Tatar. He also Tatar. went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, but, uh, you know. <laughs> you know it's, so here's yeah. what I'll say about Tatar. He's 30 years old, right? Mm-hmm. A little older free agent. That's okay, though, not too old. I think coming off a down year, like you said, it's a perfect candidate for a short-term deal at – Still might be a little high AV. I, I don't think he's taking less than three. Two and a half. Maybe. But here's the description of him. Everywhere he's gone, he's pretty much scored. Let's leave out that half season of Vegas. Detroit, he was a perennial 25 goal scorer. He had good offensive and defensive uh, metrics, which is what you want. Again, this sounds like a player that you want. We're right on the right track. Goes to Montreal. Again, 25 goals, good offensive, good defensive metrics. Good on the power play as well. This sounds like all things Leafs fans would just want. The kicker is 12 points in 40 playoff games. So I'm fits perfectly. I, I'm putting you <laughs> you're the average Leafs fan. Are you happy with signing Thomas Tatar? I don't I think I don't, people are going to freak out. So that that person that um we kind of know on Twitter, mostly Leafies, um, we've mentioned them before. They mocked Thomas Tatar in their lineup. And they got shredded. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because I'm like, oh, like Thomas Tatar, that's a great acquisition there. And then the replies were not too kind there. Yeah. The other thing about him, too, it's not like he's funny, scoring but... in like a ton of minutes either. In Montreal, he's playing 15, 16 minutes a game. I, and he was putting up, again, 19, 20, played 16, 18 a game. He had 61 points in 68 games. This guy, if you get that regular season version of Thomas Tatar for the playoffs, at a three million dollar number, that is an absolute steal. Yeah, that's I an think. absolute steal. Yeah. And I know people are going to look at five, ten, one, eighty two, and think he's a small player. He is very effective defensively. He drives play offensively, and he has a great shot. That's one thing I want to point out with him. He's a finisher. Yeah. Again, Joey's mentioned it multiple times. We need more finishers in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter how many times Engvall and Mikheyev do laps around the ice. We need goals. And- the, the, Sorry, Jason. The other thing I wanted to point yep. out, not to interrupt I'll you, is go, go, go. he actually will throw the body too. Beautiful. Look at he—he's had almost a hundred hits in a couple years in the NHL. Yeah, right. So Over a hit a game. I, it's not like he's not a soft player. Guy. This, he's a legitimate solid player. What's happened in the playoffs? I can't describe it to you, right? But who knows? Maybe a 
Detroit didn't have the best teams when he was going to the playoffs. Right at the start, they were still at the end of their run. But, but Detroit's where he put up his best playoff numbers. Right. It's the last three, two points in eight games, two goals in 10 games, one assist in five games. That's where people are going to get a little frustrated with that. And one of the things is that Kyle Dubas talked about in his press conference uh, a couple of days ago was that the almost like the theme of the year is kind of like he didn't really talk about it, he kind of alluded to it. This is almost like a last dance year. And what a, what a perfect guy to bring in in free agency to kind of fit that um, mentality of like what you're what you're trying to pitch to your team and like that um, cult like not culture I, I can't can't find the word right now but it's the kind of like all line where redemption all this in. is the They're redemption all in, all in year. year exactly Chips on the table so and again this is maybe the Wenberg type where he's a one year he's a two to three million on a redemption deal yep. and next year we could talk about him like Alex Wenberg where yep. oh now he's making five million and again as much as people want to bag on the Leafs this is a very attractive destinations for players that want to rehabilitate their career. You cannot argue that. I mean, look who you could play with. Play with Matthews. Play with Marner. Okay, they have that spot taken up. Play with John Tavares and William Milan, who just came off an incredible playoffs, looks like an absolute superstar. Like, who wouldn't want to play in that situation? Exactly. So, Zach Hyman was traded for absolutely nobody and got a $40 million bag playing with those guys. Not no, not taking nothing away from Zach Hyman. He's hey. still a good player. But Don't he's, take anything away from Greg McKay. Yeah, or, sorry, Greg McKay. The nine-time rookie in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like any, any, any free agent sees that and says, Hmm, maybe I can catch that bag as well. Like if they're willing to pay 29, 30 year old Hyman, uh, $40 million contract, maybe I can be the next one. So exactly. A any other wingers you guys are looking at or. Yeah. I, I have some centers I want to talk about later, yeah. but there's a couple wingers. I've I want to bring up this name for you guys and I don't want any eh, eye rolls. What about Nick Foligno? So with that one, I know you don't like Nick Foligno, which is kind of funny that you bring him up. Um, I mean, I think he's all right. I think it would be a decent – it would be a boost to the third line. You'd be able to play him third line center there. Like, he's an okay player. I just really wonder what the cap number is going to be there. Um, like, honestly, at the trade deadline, I said, like, it, it's you overpaid for him, but he did add to your lineup a little bit there. I wouldn't be – I don't know. I'd, I'd be like, okay. I'd be okay with it for a good number. A so, good yeah, uh, number. same here. It all depends on the number term. I would not want to give him too much term, any any term at all, honestly. I think if you give him more than one year, you're nuts. But uh, here's the thing. If, if it can, can secure, like, a, a, a really, really low AAV, I'm okay with that. Like, one mil and under, I don't I, think, I don't think that's that. that. No. no chance. I, but I'm, that's, the only, that's the only way so I'd be okay with term. So, I would just not. just went for a first and two-fourths. Yeah. So here, here's my thing with Nick Foligno. He's 33, right? He's an older free agent. Okay? On the wrong side of him. And yeah. the problem is, you look at his numbers this year, he's always been, if not the biggest goal scorer. He has a, he's had a couple years where he's put up big points, but those are more like maybe a shooting percentage spike. But he's always been a very solid defensive forward. I'd say in the top 10% of players in, in terms of that, yeah. what he can bring there. And he's right? a good four-checker as well. Correct. His numbers really took a nosedive this year, and it's concerning when you're looking at a 33-year-old player Who's coming off? Remember this. This is two shortened seasons, yeah. and he's had injury, especially this year, had bad injury risks. Are you counting on a 33 year old Nick Felino whose numbers just took a nosedive to come in and play 82 games for you at $3 million? I don't know about so that. So, my counter to that is I mean, the numbers are not good 18 minutes played, 16 points, 42, 42 games. Those are awful. However, Columbus was awful this year as well. So, you could use that one in there. They haven't been, I mean, They've been, yeah. but it's not only that. The the points I'm not worried about. I don't think he's going to bring that to you. I think you're bringing him in to be a true shutdown player. Yeah. And his defensive metrics were not good this year. They just weren't. 
That's true as well. I mean, yeah. it could be a shortened season. It could be Columbus, but that's just, it doesn't mean he can't bounce back up. He wasn't terrible. Yeah. He just wasn't a top, you no, know, he, he selkie candidate type defensive yeah. forward I, anymore. I'd be okay with it. I'd be okay with it. I don't at what think dollar, he really, at what dollar he doesn't really Nick, check the two boxes that I mentioned earlier. He does bring some competitiveness to it. I mean, one and a half. I think he yeah. he's added value if he could play center for you. I really yeah. do. I think if he can play third line center for you, I think that's that's added value. But do I trust a thirty three year old Nick Foligno to contribute? And also, it's the consistency. Games? We need consistency yeah. in the bottom six. Does Nick Foligno bring that consistency? He does bring something. It's just is it's it's I don't know. Maybe I've set my expectations too high for this free agency period, but I'm not in love. If they bring in Nick Foligno and like, I don't know, Nick Foligno, but then in net, they bring in Darcy Kemper. You're happy. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. But if they bring in like Nick Foligno and then Yaroslav Halak, Not too I happy. don't know, man. Yeah, that's but fair. So I, I think that's it for wing- wingers. I have, I have a couple There's of a couple guys that I want to just touch on as I don't want to call them bottom barrel because that's yeah. a little offensive, but Gar- bargain bin potential. So one guy I circle, he's a little older. But uh, this isn't like we're not talking Joe Thornton age. Like it was Matthew Perot from Winnipeg. He's not overly flashy. He's not cr- like a crazy scorer anymore. He used to put up about 40 points a game. He's not at that level anymore. But solid, consistent shot impacts on the ice. Responsible defensive forward. I think he's a guy you plug in your bottom six at one million maybe, and you're happy with it. Doesn't mean he has to play every night. But again, if we're let's say you end up with a four million dollar goalie and you sign. Uh, like a bigger free agent. Let's say you get sod and you get for four and you get Kemper for four and a half and well, you have kind a, million. Of a left. Like, a, yeah, I know what you mean. He's a left winger. And I think, you know, even if he ends up playing with one Ta- mil. Yeah. If he ends up playing with Taveras and Nylander, I think he can handle it there. I think his foot speed deteriorated a little, but he's still a decent skater. He's a smart player. Good passer. He's not going to maybe be the finisher you want, though. That's the only issue, but he brings good defensive impacts. So I think he's a guy a little cheaper that I would look at. Yeah, and he's also like like we said with um uh, uh Saad, he's he's made a lot of money over his career, so he'd be willing to uh w- willing to um um to to take a little bit less to to maybe, maybe. P- have a chance to go 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 deep in the playoffs potentially. I feel like knows, if he takes long. cheap though, he goes to Montreal, plays for Maybe. But perhaps. so the way I looked at this is I was looking at the more expensive guys and looking at like a bargain for version. Yeah. Play. So he would be like a bargain bin version of Brandon Sod, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Two way type okay. player, not as good as a finisher. Uh, sneaky. Uh, so I just want to throw this in. Sneaky, uh, uh, good play driving numbers for playing on uh, um, Winnipeg, who notoriously, notoriously their team has just been not been good at driving play. So. so, and the other guy I want to talk about, he he's the cheap version of Mike Hoffman that I identified. And he's this would be a Galchenyuk type signing. I was looking at Bobby Ryan, possibly. Interesting. You know, he. He didn't have great numbers in Detroit, but he still got skill. He could still shoot the puck. Just as a flyer, we're talking 750K. We're talking one mil. These guys, again, they're not going to kill you if you sign them at really low AAV. Maybe he can come in and give you some scoring in your bottom six. So the, the only reason why I'd be worried about him is he is he is a little old, 34. 34. And I think he's the t- he wa- he would be a guy who wants to play in the NHL and might ask for a no, no move so he doesn't get wavered down because I think the least plan would, with him would be if you can play, you're playing. If not, you're out. So like let's give let's give someone else a chance, and I I hope that'd be the mentality. So that's the only thing I'd be hesitant of, Bobby Ryan with, but he could potentially be a goal. Like again, theme of the podcast: goal scorers. We need to score goals, guys. So, yeah. And again, 
with that, would you bring Galchenyuk back at a low AAV as well? Yeah, I think so. Potentially, I, yes. I like what he brings yes. to the table. Shifty player, pretty good playmaker. Loves to put the puck in between his legs for yep. some reason. That little drop pass there, which I find <laughs> is funny. Found some chemistry with Nylander and Tavares. I mean, people say, oh, it has to be top six or bust. We didn't really see him in the bottom six. And w- the three shifts that he played with Spezza, he had three fantastic chances, including one off the post. And then that was the same game he put up two amazing assists to tie the game in the dying minutes against Edmonton. I mean, yeah. but like he's not going to kill you cap number wise. I don't think so at all. I, like, I, I, I think it'd be a decent ad. Absolutely not. I'd like to get him on a two year, two year deal though. If we are to sign him, because I think that's, we've, we've already given him a chance and I think like that'd be doing us a solid because I think he could turn out. And I think he'd be actually pretty good in the bottom six. If he to, could just improve his skating. Once he becomes a better skater, he'll be fantastic. And that's the hope when you bring him in is that he, and improve his skating. So that's for Galchenyuk. There's Any one, other wingers? There's one more winger I want to touch on before we go to the center. So he was not qualified today. That's Nick mm-hmm. Ritchie. Yeah. I know Leaf fans are going <laughs> to hear that name and have some bad memories of Don Cherry saying he's better than William Nylander. He's not. That That's very abundantly clear. But Boston had a chance to qualify him at, I believe, was $2, Two. million dollars and they refused. Yeah. I would absolutely have no issue bringing Nick Ritchie in on a one-year deal at $2 million. I, yeah. His He's not... William Nylander, that's very clear. But he's a big, big player. He's six foot four. He's tough. He throws the body. He has a pretty good shot too. He can score. He's a power forward. He is. Yeah. Is he a top six? You know, bona fide Corey Perry power forward that they thought he was going to be? No, he's not. Yeah. But if you look at his impacts, he's responsible defensively. He's always not going to kill you on the defensive end. He's not like a cherry picking power forward. He he can play two ways. And again, I think he can play up and down your lineup, give you some finishing ability. I really, oh, yeah. really I've want Nick Ritchie. Like, I've experienced his shot. He's got a great <laughs> shot. So right? now that he's not on Boston anymore, I can admit that he actually is a pretty good, good like middle six player. Uh, he has great offensive play driving numbers, and he actually can. He played on the power play for on the first power play for a really long time in Boston this year for because I think I forget who it was it was Pasternak was out for a bit and then I think Kreich what he he earned his spot on the first power play and he did very did very well at, at uh, producing expected goals on there too so that's another pro, uh, another issue that the Leafs have that could be a cheap option to help solve on top mm-hmm. of his already good finishing ability. See, I think he would just be a perfect bottom six forward that Absolutely. gives them an element that they you know they don't have which is. A little finishing and peskiness. a little and a little peskiness, yeah. right? Yeah. Honestly, he may be redundant with a Wayne Simmons type. They may look at that as too similar of a player. I would prefer to have Nick Ritchie over Wayne Simmons, obviously. But I also think in a pinch, you got to play him with Tavares and Nylander. I don't think he sticks out like a sore thumb there at all. I think he can do it. So he's, this is a player again, I'm interested in. Very good in. finishing ability, very good shot, as you mentioned. But he's also like kind of smart with his finishing ability. Everything in front of the net is going in. Um I've experienced it firsthand. He's a very hard shot. He scored 15 <laughs> goals in 56 yeah. games. It's a 25 it, goal. It fell in off year. apparently in the second half of the season in terms of his goal scoring. It was a lot from the power play, but yeah. like, all right, I'll take you. On hey, the he scores on the power play, guys. Like, for, like <laughs> another we'll interesting that. one, Pius yeah. Sutter. We got to talk about. So that's yeah, I was going to bring him up center, so when we talked about centers. So the only thing about Nick Ritchie, one, is he takes a lot of penalties. Yeah, but, but he's 25. That's another younger free agent option. So that's that's what I have for him. So la- last question about uh, the wingers. I just wonder- wondering what you guys think of Yoel Armia. Is he a candidate yeah. for a guy? I who's like gonna, him. I think after that playoff though? run, overpaid. a little pay overpaid, yeah. but fantastic finishing ability there. A bit of a heavier kind of skater, but big body. I really like the hands and I really like the finishing ability. Josh. Yeah, I think he's mostly like Joe priced said, a out. finishing offensive uh, winger who's going to probably get priced out of the Leafs 
So I, I don't know if he'll like I, I wouldn't pay three and a half four for that type no, of player. I think there's all. better versions of that. So and then last I know I said last one, but legit this time last one, Nikita Gusev. Yep. I would seven fifty K I'd sign him. Absolutely. But he's a absolute dart throw type yeah. at this point. I mean, what's the word around? Is he going back to Russia? I have no idea, but you know what? Radulov is able to like. He's not. I'm not saying he's Radulov, but he like his closest comparable as someone is Radulov, probably just with his career path. And Radulov's been able to play his way into a, a rather lengthy career. So, uh, if he if he if he's able to, to to put it all together, he's a guy who can can play up your lineup, but, who has shown it in the KHL. We haven't seen it yet in the NHL. It's a good dart throw, like you said. Yep. All right, so moving on from wingers, let's. Uh, what what centers do you guys have that are targets potentially? So in a perfect world, Philip Deneau is the number three center on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think that world exists, though. I think after the playoffs, despite the fact he only had whatever, three or four points and yeah. one goal, and despite the fact he only had five goals this year, I think people really have grown to appreciate Philip Deneau's game. And it's a long time coming. He's a legitimate Selkie-level centerman. That guy would be perfect on the Leafs where you could deploy him the same way he was deployed in Montreal. But I really think he's looking at, I think, at least $5 million a year. That's what it's looking like. So I don't think he'll be, he'll be a candidate for the Leafs. I would love to have him, though. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're priced out of Philip Deneau. I think a cheaper replacement for Philip Deneau, this is kind of the theme I'm bringing, Nick Bonino. So Nick Bonino's a little older. I will admit he's 33 years old, but that's, that's a seasoned veteran. He's been on cup teams. You saw him in Pittsburgh. He was great. He's a terrific defensive centerman. And he had a the last three years, he's bounced around a bit. A little Minnesota, a little Nashville, right? He's been good everywhere he's gone. So he's like a chameleon type player where it doesn't matter where he is. He's going to come and he's going to bring you good defensive numbers in tough minutes. And I think that's a guy the Leafs could really, really value. You put him on your third line. You don't got to worry about, you know, is Kerfoot good enough as 3C? Move Kerfoot maybe to left wing. You bring in Nick Nick Benino. He has veteran experience. He's gotten Selkie votes three of the last four seasons. He He's a guy, come play him 14, 15 minutes. He's won over 50% of his draws four years in a row. And on top of all that, he's, this year he scored 10 goals in 55 games. Last year he scored 18 goals in 67 games. The year before he had scored 17 goals in 81 games. So despite the fact he's a defensive player, he can score a bit for you. So that could be something that the Leafs could really value. And I think, honestly, Nick Benino is one of my most realistic and wanted targets for the Toronto Maple Leafs this offseason. Again, 33 years old. I'm thinking one or two years, and I'm thinking two or three million for Nick Benino. The only thing is he's an American player. We've heard a lot of rumblings about American players not wanting to play in Canada, but we'll see. I, I think he, I can't stress enough how happy I would be if the Leafs brought Nick Benino in as a 3C. What's the number, though? I, I think it's not much different than what he just came off of. So Nick Benino, actually, he was making 4.1. It's going to yeah. be lower than that. Yeah, not right. 4.1, but I think I was thinking 2 to 3-ish. And I'd be yeah. happy with that. I, when you go over 3 on an older guy, 33 years old, over one year, I think maybe that's a little bit of an overpay. But I really don't think his game's taken much of a step back. I really don't. I thought he was really good this year for Minnesota. Yeah, so I, I absolutely fully agree with you. He, I wrote down in my notes, would be the main guy for, for uh, someone as like a 3C or like a depth bottom six guy that the Leafs would be looking for. Solid play driving numbers on both ends of the ice, and he can play PK and he can play PP. So he, do, he literally does everything. The only issue with him, like you said, 33 years old, and he's the kind of guy who could potentially fall off the cliff at any point. You don't, you don't really know with him, right? 
and uh, the, the biggest contributing factor he brings over the other centers that I've, I've seen around him um, is that along with his good defensive upside, he is great offensively at play driving. So he's someone who can really, really help the Leafs out at both ends of the ice as, as a 3C, I really think. So uh, uh, he, and power, powerful, we'll power play PK mm-hmm. does it all. So like I, that'd be something I'd be interested in. I mean, in terms of center, I don't have too much. I mean, I see Travis Zajac's name here, but no. that's an older I one. I have so another one. I don't one. think so that t- one's much. What are your thoughts on Nick Benino, though, Joe? I, I, I really like Nick Benino. I mean, again, you mentioned Philip Deneau. Like, it's a it's a lighter version. Older guy, obviously, but, I mean, it'd be so ideal to add a Nick Benino at a good number here. Yeah. I mean, that would just complete the shutdown line, hopefully, that you have there. Um, and then hopefully then the, the coaching staff deploys them properly in the playoffs and plays them against the other team's top line, is able to shut them down there. Exactly the same with what Montreal did with the, the Deneau line there. I mean, it would be so perfect. I just I don't, I don't know about the number, and I, I don't think he has interest in Toronto. That's the only yeah. issue. I, I hope he does because if we can get him on the third line, like you said, it'll be a good shutdown line with, act- with real offensive play driving ability. Which is which is always hard to get from. I would say re- I would say some. No, they're they're, they're like advanced who else would metrics. play on the, the third? If line? we're talking about uh, um, uh, who else is on Mikhaev and uh, Kerfoot? Ker- no, sorry, not Kerfoot. Um, Engvall. All they have good expected goal play driving numbers. Even strength offensive goal metrics are. are Give them a shovel; they'll ex- be more productive offensively. Than I don't think Engvall has as good as the numbers as you think. No. Uh, the other thing is those guys can't finish, right? So you have, you have two guys playing on the same line who just have been proven to not be able to finish, right? It would be literally just like shut that, like which is not bad goals, though. I'd be happy zero with goals that. for zero goals against, but it has that. to be against the other team's top line. Yes, that's yeah. the big big thing there. It can be effective, it can be good, it just has to be deployed properly. So one, I'm going to transition to another centerman that's interesting. So one guy I was looking at, he just got signed today, was Paul Stastny. Like that type of contract, three seven five for one year. I think I thought that was great work by Winnipeg. I think he still got game. He's a solid middle six centerman. Another guy in that range. Again, I don't know how realistic this is because he's thirty five and he's played on one team his whole year. Can anyone guess the player I'm about to say? You're about to say Ryan gets left. No, I'm not. Wow, David Krejci. Yeah, he's, so, he's apparently it's yeah. I, so I wish. Boston has. What do you mean? What? Go, it, that's realistic. He's going back. He's not going back. That's not what I heard. I heard after Taylor Hall, the next one would be possibly Rask, even though he's injured, and Krejci's going to test the market. Interesting. If, wow. he, if we can get, if we, I, I, I would love David Krejci on this team. So again, he's 35 years old, but he's been so consistent his whole career. He, if you want, if you just close your eyes and picture an all situations second line center in the NHL, it's been David Krejci for the last 10 to 15 years. He's good like offensively. That's a candidate though for like. Two years, six, seven mil, though. Maybe then you know what he's priced out of our range. I unfortunately, think he's priced out. But, but I was looking at a Stastny type contract. I don't know if that's realistic, but no. one year, three point five to four point five, I would be all over that type of player. <laughs> I just I don't think it's realistic. That's I'm fair. Hey, I don't think. Hey, I, tell me it's I, not. Tell I, me it's not realistic. I think two years at like two years, thirteen is going to be the number wow. to get it all done. Right, that's a massive deal. I mean, it's David Krejci. He's a fantastic second-line player. I mean, 44 points in 51 games this year, 43 and 61 last year, and the year before that, 73 and 81. He's like, great. That's why yeah, I'm saying. Fantastic just a name player. I threw out there. 
I know, I know. I, the age yeah. is high, but like I, I just think I think he's priced out, unfortunately. I think Nick Benino is actually similar to him, not obviously to that extent of being that good, but I think, like you said, he's almost a bargain bin version of what David Krejci. I, I, I agree with Joe. I think David Krejci is going to get paid if he okay. tests free agency. I had to bring it up. I, no, I, I, I appreciate you bringing him up because I think he's a fantastic player, and I'd love to. So another him. center I, I'm sure will get asked about, actually somebody asked me about him today, is Casey Sezikis. Yep. Here's what I heard about Casey Sezikis. He wanted, Islanders wanted him. He wanted to go back. He is looking for $5 million a year. Wow. So I wrote down in my notes, could be overpaid candidate. Doesn't mean he's going to get $5 million mm-hmm. a year, but if, if he was looking for a reasonable contract, he would be back on, on the island right now. They love him there, but you have to manage your expectation. He's 30 years old, and he's a fourth-line center. He's not even a third-line center for them. He played fourth-line center for them. He did it very effectively, and he played more than every other fourth-line center in the league, but he was a fourth-line center. You cannot give that guy $5 million. I don't think that's the guy the Leafs are even looking at, to be honest. I think he's going to get paid way more than they want, and I think they'd be way more comfortable just putting Kerfoot at center than signing Casey Zizekas to $5 million a year. It's just inefficient to have that much yeah. on your fourth line there. I mean, again, great player, plays with a lot of grit, very, very hard shot, and can actually score a little bit. But, I mean, $5 million is ridiculous. I feel like New York strongholds him on that, and maybe – he comes down and if he doesn't come down, then I don't know how many other teams are going to be lining up to give Casey Sezikas $5 million. That's uh, the, that's crazy. The thing is to me, nobody would value him as highly as the Islanders do. No, in my opinion. Not at all. that's the perfect marriage. He plays the exact style they want. They want to use him in the way that they've been using him the last five years, which is a fourth line center plays tough minutes, throws the body. They don't care how much he scores. If he scores, it's great. But I don't think that guy's worth $5 million. He's already getting paid three point three five. That's yeah, a lot of money already. Still a lot. So, I just not a guy I think the Leafs are interested in. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. Any other uh, guys you got out there? So, Joe mentioned it right off the hop. Pius Suter. Okay. Yes. So, this is a player that was not qualified by Chicago, which was shocking to me. But, he's 24 years old. He's played one year in the league. He's a smaller guy, right? So, he's five foot nine, 176. Maybe he's not valued at the level he should be because you know what? Put up good raw numbers. He had 14 goals and 13 assists in 55 games. Not, not a crazy shooting percentage or anything. Shot 12.5%. It's pretty standard. He had good offensive and defense. Honestly, good all around. Good offensively, good defensively. Didn't play like cushioned minutes. If you look at it, he didn't. No. So, you know, but I, I don't know. He, he, Why didn't they qualify him? That's what I want to know. I'm so shocked at that. I don't know if it was his age. Wasn't one of you that said, like, He's, in the locker room? No, so that, that was Ryan Suter I was talking about. Oh. So just something that Frank Saravelli mentioned on his podcast was oh. that, just a quick tidbit, Ryan oh. Suter was apparently very close with the owner of the Minnesota Wild, and he was almost like his snitch kind of thing in the locker room. And the players got sick of him. I have no idea if that's true or not. That's just what Sarah... He called him the okay, locker room wild. lawyer. He said Ryan Suter was the locker room lawyer. And he didn't think there was as much interest in him as was perpetuated in the media. He thinks a couple teams would be interested. But they think he has some, you know, a little bit... I don't want to say an ego issue is what he said. But they called him a locker room lawyer. Interesting. Take from that what you will. Oh, but man. back to Pius Suter. This is a guy... It's not like he came out of nowhere. He played in the Swiss League. He played on the same team as Austin Matthews did Zurich. He's a point of game every year. He was a good produ- producer in the Swiss League. It's not a A plus level league, but it's a solid B minus level league yeah. in, in Europe. So, and again, he comes over and he produces. I'm shocked that Chicago didn't qualify him. 
I think this is a guy you could take a run on if you're the Leafs 100%. The only thing about him is he was not a good face-off guy. But one thing the Leafs like to do is they like to have guys... Sorry, go ahead, Jason. No, no, keep going. Sorry, sorry. They like to have guys, you know, that can take face-offs from both ends of the day. So maybe you pair him with a right-handed shot player on your team, right? Yeah. That can take draws from the other side as he's a left-handed shot. Yes. Who is that? I don't know who that could be for the Leafs, but... So something interesting that I'm going to just piggyback off you that could uh, help in that situation is, and I've kind of been thinking about this for quite a not quite a long time, but for a couple of years now, but potentially splitting up Jonathan Tavares and William Nylander. We saw how good William Nylander was on his own, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not splitting them up because they're not working together. If we get a guy like P Pia Suter, he'd be like the perfect guy on that right wing to win those faceoffs, and we know for a fact that Pia Suter can play up in the lineup with yeah. elite players. He played with Patrick Kane, and I don't know if... Uh, it's that is a skill in my opinion to do you not everyone can just play up with those guys and play on the same speed as them you kind of have to have a good hockey sense and a good hockey iq to kind of know where to be to compliment those guys and i think he would be a great compliment to william yeah. nylander the only question with him is why why didn't they qualify him right That's you got to ask that question maybe but he wants to go back who again, knows right you think he wants to go back to the swiss league not the swiss league but maybe he wants to go to europe he's getting a lot more money there but, but again the other thing with him is he's 25 so I would have no issue. Give him a little bit of term. 100%. Give him, give him three years, three million. Take a shot at that kind of player. Absolutely. And if he's not a center for you, again, like Jason said, I think he could play left wing with Tavares and Nylander. Of course. So he is a very good – I remember I put together highlights from his – when he was in the Swiss League and like a very, very good shot yep. from what I saw. And he can move around. He can wheel Absolutely. around out there pretty well as uh, – like pretty well too. And I mean – in terms of power, 13 even strength goals this mm -hmm. year and 11 even strength assists. Like He was a good I even strength player for them. It's honestly shocking that it's they got very, rid of him. very, very yeah. surprising. There. Again, the size was not going to – Subleaf fans are not going to love it. He's 5'9", five five nine, nine, he's 175. He's probably a little smaller than that, actually. He looks very small on the ice. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. But, again, this could be a value. This could be yep. a value guy who shouldn't have been a free agent at 25 and ended up being one. So maybe the Leafs, you know – Dip their toes like in the I can market. understand. I, like we we mentioned another guy that wasn't qualified in Nick Ritchie. Okay, he would have had to been qualified at two million dollars. He didn't have a very good second half of the year. He takes a lot of dumb penalties. Like isn't the fleetest of foot. Yeah. Like there were some reasons there. His where time ran like, out in mm, Boston. There, that's what happened. Okay, right? okay. Pie Suter. It's I'm a little confused on that one. He's a there. rookie for them. It's his first year, and he was very impressive. You could only be happy with the production he had exactly. as a rookie. He, I mean. Like I, I'm just left shake, scratching my head as to why he wasn't uh, like okay. You don't see him in your long term plans. I mean, the qualifying number wasn't that. It was maybe a shade over a million or something. What? Maybe I don't even think it was. It would I have just been nine twenty five. Yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Again, I'm anti Chicago moving forward. I I don't like that team, but. I don't know what the hell they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. 100%. Maybe, maybe they think the opposite of Jason where Kane held, helped him up and DeBrinca, he played a lot at five on five with those two players. But again, it's not a bad thing that he produced with good players. We got a lot of good players, guys. Yeah. Like bringing guys who can produce with that type of talent. So I think he's definitely a guy we should be looking yeah. at. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. It's not phantom production. Like, he, he does something well out there. He does have a very good skill set and a, a specialty to his game. But, like, just not being qualified at the number that it was. Weird. And I wonder if that's going to scare weird. off teams. I, th I think it will, it right? So, any other sentiment? I, I, I got some to list uh, off. So, these, yeah. these well. are guys who I listed as, I don't know if this is a good name for it, but nothing guys. They're guys who kind of don't really have any offensive upside but still produce really 
good and strong play drive defensive play driving numbers. One of them, Jordan Martinuk. Yes or no? Is he a center? He's a centerman. Oh, okay. I thought I thought he was a winger. He's he has he has the ability to take faceoffs. Okay. He has so, taken face offs. I mean not the best finisher, right? He doesn't really score that many goals. These would be these would have to be under Bargain million bin, dollar uh, yeah. players. And right. then the other guy I have is Pierre Ed, Edward Belmar. 36 years old, pretty yeah. old, but yeah, he's still I, real. I would stay. It's yeah, fourth stay liner away. guy. We don't need him. Sam Gagne. No. No. Nah. Okay. No, Those are all just, just uh, other than that, I don't yeah. see anyone. I think Joey touched on Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah. He's one of the, my favorite players. He was my favorite player in the league for 10 years. He's old now, though. He's His play has consistently declined the last three years. Yeah. I think he probably ends up back in Anaheim. He's close to getting 1,000 points there. Um, I do think he could probably be a good third line center for someone if he bounces back but the trend is bad for him right and he's not a guy that's going to sign cheap i don't think i think he's actually going to have a lot of interest in i think maybe even montreal if he reunites with Corey perry i heard a little rumblings around that situation so i i just don't think you know what the leafs already have in their bottom six i think getzlav is kind of the opposite he's a slower methodical playmaker type he's not really a finisher he doesn't like to shoot the puck and how does that fit when you already have spezza in the bottom six i just I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, it's strange that he's not going back to Anaheim. Yeah, I think he will. I think, yeah, it gets done. I think there's a play from the agent. I just wanted to go back to Piasuda real, real quick. Last yeah, yeah. thing to, t- like, to tie it off. He played, his most amount of minutes was played with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat. Yep. I mean, the amount of minutes, 475 with Kane, 379 with DeBrincat. Do you want to see hear these expected goals with and withouts, though? Expected goals with Patrick Kane, 44.9. Expected goals with Alex Dabrinkat, 47.52. Suter's expected goals for without Patrick Kane was 52%. Wow. So he was probably helping Kane. Patrick Kane's expected goals for without Pius Suter, 38.64%. And then Dabrinkat's without was 41. Suter's without for Dabrinkat was 47 that's kind of cr- I mean, I don't, I don't even. Now this just makes this even worse. What yeah. the hell am I looking at? Yeah, so you didn't qualify this guy. Something's up there. The the report from the Chicago beat writer I saw was they never came close in negotiations, so they just didn't even bother qualifying, which is kind of crazy. So stupid. Might be a little pettiness from Stan. Yeah, you ever heard of trading? Yeah, yeah it's weird. Anyways. Any other sentiment to? To look at, or I, I think that covers almost yep. every, every yeah, forward. For sure. we, we we went really sure. in depth there, and I the, love that. The only two guys we didn't talk about, I'm sure people ask, is Gabriel Landeskog and Blake Coleman. Yeah, I think Gabriel Landeskog probably ends up going back to Colorado. I don't doubt that the Leafs dip their toes in the water there, but again, if he takes less money to go anywhere, it would be back to Colorado. Yeah, and the other one is Blake. Or Coleman. he makes a splash, St. Louis, Seattle. Yeah. Who knows? But that but, would be, I think, eight point five nine million. Yeah. Oh, he'll get. So the the other one is Blake Coleman. I would love to have Blake Coleman on the Leafs, but he's 29 already. I think he might be similar to Zach Hyman where I think he may sustain his play better than Zach Hyman. I think he's more of a skilled finisher in that sense. Mm -hmm. But I think that's not the contract you want to dive into. I really think he's looking for $6 million a year over five or six years. That's going to be a gets less than Zach Hyman, that's – I don't know what. No, I don't think he will. I think that Zach Hyman contract has him licking his chops. And and again, he's only been making – under two million for the last two seasons. He his priority, I think, Sheep. deservedly so. Break the bank, get your six mil off two great playoff runs. Maybe Seattle there. By the way, I'm gonna throw that out. Twenty some odd goals with yeah. New Jersey. No, he's well no, no. But that too. I'm just saying, like he deserves yeah. to be paid out. Oh yeah. Look at Seattle with him. That's the only thing I'm gonna say. Uh, I I like that. Any any 
You guys want to transition to defenseman now? So I don't think defenseman is as long of a list, right? No. So let, let's let's first just throw out the other big fish on uh, who is not a forward but is a defenseman. Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, I think, I think the problem is where you play him on the Leafs when you already have Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin, a.k.a. if he's in, one of those guys is out. So Well, he's a right D. He's a right D. Oh, sorry. You're correct. Again, Justin same Hall, thing, TJ though. Brody. One of those. But, but even cap-wise, you'd have to yeah. move. Yeah. You can't move Justin yeah. Hall's so, two and bring in eight, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you, or you'd have to probably. No, you're right. You'd have to move Morgan I, Riley I, for more, cap purposes. I more meant like the cap number, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, sorry. The cap and number there is you're going to have to move one of those two guys. You're probably not yeah. – Brody's not going to be the guy because they signed him as their free agent, right? He's going to be – so it would either be an expiring Morgan Riley or you try to get value out of Jake Muzzin yeah. being spectacular. I don't think and that's I mean, something they're going to do. I'd no. love to see it, but I don't think it's something I mean, they're going to do. The value there has to be there for Morgan yeah. Riley. We just saw Brendan Dillon get traded for two second-round picks, a guy who people – I mean, Seattle valued Vanacek more than him. Wow. Like – Two yeah. second round picks for Brendan Dillon. That blows my and mind. And it's not that he's a bad player. He's a very much respected locker room presence. Guys yeah. love him. Physical player. He had a good year this year for Washington. Is he worth that much? No, I don't know. But so. you, you could three point eight cap hit too. Yeah, you could also argue that they valued Carson Sousey over over Brandon Dillon because they could have taken Capel Kakinen in the little expansion draft. Well, it would be it would be an if like okay they they valued. Susie and Vanacek yes, more than they yeah. valued Dylan and Dylan Kapan- and yeah. yeah. So that's a. I also think Winnipeg kind of kind of got left in a very desperation mode sense because their D are terrible. So they need somebody, and I guess they really like what Brendan Dylan brings to the table. But uh, yeah, so I don't think back to Hamilton. That's I think Winnipeg. Again, he went to Winnipeg. Sorry, that's what so I meant traded to, to Winnipeg. Winnipeg's D is terrible. They that, got left in I a say? weird spot. We forgot to mention that it went to the, that he got traded yeah, to so Winnipeg. He went to Winnipeg. There so again, go. Dougie Hamilton would love him on the Leafs. I think he's a spectacular player. 28 year old free agent right in the prime of his career. Yeah. I just, I don't think if so Seth Jones is worth nine and a half, Dougie Hamilton is worth 2 billion. And he's only going to probably get around eight. I think Yeah, which that's, I, that's, that's weird. That's like, I, I know uh, Jones is an RFA, but like that just. By the way, another me. tidbit I want to throw out to you guys. I'm I'm the scoops guy today. I got all the sources. Apparently, Carolina offered him Tory Krug's contract, which is six point five over seven honestly. years. That that's embarrassing. This is the same team that didn't want to offer Alex Nedeljkovic what three million dollars. You know what they were offering him? What one point five? That's <laughs> embarrassing. I'm sorry. And like if I'm, like, I understand Top Golf didn't do that well, but done the what the hell is going on so there? If I'm Ron Francis, that's a guy I brought in. That's a guy I want to help help with Seattle. I That'd think, be so interesting. I think Seattle probably has the best potential to give him the most yeah. money, a eh? and put him in a pos- position where, imagine the top four D on that team. That's insane. Uh-huh. Like Geo, him. Did he play with Giordano in uh, Yeah, he Calgary did. That'd, that'd be, be, that'd be that'd And be their great. numbers were terrific together. That'd be interesting. I mean, you have but those guys as like a all situations players, and then when you, they get hemmed in, you can put on Larson and Alexia. Alexia. Wow. And the bottom pairing is Vince Dunn and Carson Soucy. I mean, that is probably the best defense core in the league. Yeah. Add in Blake Coyne. They 30 million cap space. Yeah. I mean, you just this bring This is why I guys. said last time. This is why they're not signing JVR for seven, because they're going to bring in Dougie Hamilton for eight and a half, nine instead. Even if you get yeah, upwards of sense. ten, I think that's still a fantastic value for them. But yeah. anyways, for them, just because of how much space, hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. so yeah. back Sally to the Leafs. Play. I don't think we're gonna focus on that many defensemen nope. because, you know, the Leafs kind of are f- with Justin Hall being protected. They've shown you what they think of their D. That they like it. They like their top four D. They still have Travis Dermott on the roster, and 
Rasmus Sandin's there, gonna play, and we got Lilligrid in the wing. So I think from that end of year media, though, from what he was saying, okay, obviously, okay, you protected the top four, that's staying intact. I don't think anything's moving there. But then mentioning, okay, I want to get Sandin and Lilligrid in there more, and then maybe we'll bring in a Zach Bogosian type player. Where does that leave Travis Dermott? Yeah, I think he's on the trade block. So yeah, he has to be on the trade block, in my opinion. A, a small thing I think that a lot of those media availability things I think is almost like a call to the league. I think a lot of GMs will, will look at that and think to themselves, Travis Dermott, what's he going to do? I don't know if that's my galaxy brain. That's like my galaxy. That is my galaxy brain take on that. And I think that's what he was doing. Almost, almost peacocking that. Hey, Travis Dermott, know. we have him if anyone wants him. So maybe who knows? Yeah, in terms of. D, I mean, you're not looking at the first page of no. Cap Friendly. It's way down there. I don't know, Delzato. <laughs> it's just the first name. It's, that again, I it's the, the guys no that you idea. would think of. Like, sure, I would love, obviously, for Savard to be on the Leafs. He makes 100%. too much money. Like, uh, we love those guys on the bottom pairing, but you got to be realistic. Yeah. One name that's kind of interesting is if he plays, I doubt he'd come to Toronto, but as a bottom pairing penalty kill, Zdeno Chara. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't I'd, think he I'd would come here, him. but no, he would be the perfect role in terms of that's the type of – you need a guy yeah. who's probably at the end of his career, responsible penalty yeah. killer. Not going to make that much. Not going to make much, right? So that's because what you're I feel like at. David Savard's getting in the four to five range. It'd be so ideal. Imagine having as your top four where it's Riley, Brody, Muzzin, David Savard. Muzzin, yeah. David Savard is such an ideal shutdown pairing. I would love that. Yeah. The issue is – the cap dollar is just not going to be Doesn't there. I also sense. think David Savard is the type of player you, over, don't, you don't break the bank from. He's a good defensive player. He brings you nothing offensively, which is fine, but he's 30 years yeah. old at this point as well. So when we're talking about defense and we're looking at defensemen that we want to sign, we don't want to sign him for more than a million dollars. Literally exactly what Bogosian, 1.5 maybe. But so I think Bogosian would have been good to bring back. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like he's not going to be back, oh, but well. that's the type of player. Would Luke Shen, for example, be a type of player at 750? I don't know. He put up apparently good on ice yeah. numbers. It seems like this year, seven fifty, you're able to scratch him. Brings a little bit of toughness. I mean, I just like my, my only watching like viewings of him this year was like clipping stuff to make fun of him because he fell face first into the boards or tripped over the blue line. Yeah. So like that's where I'm biased. This is not know. an it's, exciting not group of players no. we're, we're yeah. looking at. No, you're not looking at anything <laughs> exciting. Trust me. I wrote down Luke Shen. The other guy I wrote down is Cody Cece. No, he's going <laughs> to actually get he paid. played well. He's going to yeah, get he paid. He had well. a lot of even strength points this year. Check out like in terms of defensemen in the league, take yeah. a look at Cody Cece for even strength points. Yeah, he was. He had a for five good year. on five points. Sorry. He had a good year five this year. Five on five. He was terrible for the Leafs, but he had a good year this year. Yeah. So, again, I think we're talking about this is not that exciting of an option. I think for the Leafs fans, the most exciting option is Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren as your third pair. That's it. Yeah, be crazy. So be fun. I have a crazy rumor I heard. I want you guys to give your takes on this. So at the end of Frank Saravelli's podcast, again, this guy is on fire with the scoop. So I would give credence to anything he said. You're not going to believe this. He was asked where he thinks Anthony D'Angelo signs. He said the Toronto Maple Leafs. I Interesting. That the dead silence in this room by the way. What did he base that off of? It was a rapid fire. He gave a one-word answer and it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. That'd be interesting. So <sighs> Here's the thing about Tony D'Angelo. He is obviously a locker room cancer. That's much reported on. We don't have to go into that. If you talk about just his on-ice ability, he's probably yeah. a 4 to $5 million defenseman. 100%. But 100%. again, I think 
the off ice would probably be something that the Leafs would never touch. I agree. So I don't know where that rumor came from. I'm just sharing it. Like, played for the Sioux, but that was not a Kyle Dubas. He was gone by then. Yeah. Also, because I wanted to point that one out. Yeah, that's important. In case anyone mistakenly brings that up. Um, I mean, he's an offensive juggernaut, but the issue with Tony D'Angelo is between the ears, and he's uh, just a shitty human from all accounts. Like, Agreed. I don't think that much stuff comes out of New York without there being some smoke behind it and some merit. Oh, New York and Tampa and Arizona and when he was in the well, OHL. Well, was, it, was, it was a lot louder in New York. Yeah. But also, I, I'm glad you brought up he's... Tampa. He went. He was a first-round pick, what, 18th overall, if you want to look yep. that one up. He got traded after one year with Tampa Bay, put up good numbers in the AHL for a second-round pick. It just felt like Iserman tossed him away at the draft, said, yeah. get out of here. We don't want you here. And yeah. then, again, goes to Arizona. And then from Tampa, uh, sorry, from Tampa, he went to, I can't even remember, to Arizona, and then, yeah, to yeah. New York, and then now New York got bought out. Just doesn't seem like the type of player Kyle Dubas with his internal ethics that he values. It's not a player he would sign. Yeah. No, that's... So that's why I was very shocked to hear that, but yeah. I was very no, I, 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 Yeah. If that's, if that's the case, I hope you can o- overhaul... Montreal. Take yeah. a long look in the mirror and overhaul. Well, it he, he was yeah. Montreal was said to be interested in him, it's and not he a didn't joke. want Montreal. to. Yeah, he didn't want to go or something like that. We'll Good, something of the sort. But any other defenseman to touch on before we talk about the goalies, which is the, really the. No, I mean, just like there's not much. No, like, not and, much and at all. Again, not much. That's to work why with. you project protected it might be Justin Hall, but Ben Hutton. I don't know. But again. <laughs> I'm going to say this. That's why you protected Justin Hall. We just spent 45 minutes talking about 30 forwards that could come in and give you great production. Mm-hmm. We can't find one defenseman to give you the production that Justin Hall does. At, at least on like a lot, I saw yeah. a lot of people, oh, like, defensemen are going for so much. Imagine what Justin Hall could get you at that cap number especially. Okay, yeah, he's going to get you draft picks. We don't need draft picks right Whoever's now. Whoever's saying that, how could you say that after saying you wanted him exposed in the expansion draft? Yeah, it doesn't what are you sense. talking about? It like, makes no sense. But, like, what are you going to do with a first-round pick now? He's going to play in the league in five years. You need to win now. No. You need to win Just like, be happy. this our, year. Just be happy. Our top four right now, we can nitpick solid. Riley. Some deficiencies. He had a good year overall. But that top four is solid. And yeah. we haven't had that in a while, and it's going to be – very good to lean on again this yeah. year. Yeah, Shelton made it a good point. She's been covering this team for almost seven, eight, nine, ten years, and she's oh, the whole geez. the whole thing the defense. Defense. Yeah. Why don't we have a good top yeah. four? When are we going to get a good? The one year we have it, everyone wants to get rid of it. Yeah. Anyways, let's let's move on to goalies now because we could talk about that for. All ages, right, Joe, so. you are the goalie. I want you to give your number one realistic goalie candidate. For well, the it would Toronto be Darcy Rangers. Kemper, hands down, no doubt. And that wouldn't there be free is, agency, but you, we need no, to lump you'd have to trade for him. It's a four and a half million dollar cap number. I'm sure this Arizona Coyotes of all teams, Will Arizona retain. Coyotes have taken on and so much trash. Yeah, they're going to retain. When that they'll trade, be more retain. than happy to retain some salary there. But again, I mentioned him also because like it's a trade candidate. Yes, but also Arizona Coyotes are cleaning house, and on top of that, Frank Saravelli put him at the top of the Leafs list there. I've talked about him in a previous episode there. Very big goaltender. Moves decently, maybe gets a little sloppy at times, but covers an exceptional amount of the net. Based on how the Leafs played last year, I mean, when you look at it, they didn't give up. It wasn't like too much movement out there. I think with a big goalie like Darcy Kemper, like, just play the shot. I don't think too many guys are going to beat him on a shot kind of thing. 
So I think it's a great fit. He's a fantastic candidate to not only like be a 50-50 split with Campbell, but to push him and take playoff starts 100%. 100%. So just running the, that quality of two goalies there at, at a cap number that's reasonable, that would be a dream. So I have nothing to add. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Again, half retain would be at 2.75. Picture this. Even if you okay, you got to give a second two round point, pick. He said four and a half though. Yeah, two point two five. Two point two five. Sorry, good math by me there. Wow. So <laughs> two point two five. So you got to give a second round pick and maybe a mid level prospect. Okay, I don't. I don't hate it. It's fine. Picture this: him at two point two five, Nick Bonino at two and a half million, and Brandon Sod at four and a half million. If so we, bring it up. How much cap space do the Leafs have to work with as of right 9. now? Nine point seven million. So they have nine point seven. What I just gave you is under nine million, I believe. What I add. or maybe just just just, just uh, that just a hair at nine million, and then they would have to um, sign. I, one, I think they would have to carry one extra player on their roster, either a forward or defenseman. Which uh, you could easily again, you don't you have trade to trade Dermot, you trade yeah. Engvall, you yeah. could make that money work. Yeah. How happy would you be if you ended with Kemper? Sod and Bonino. That's realistic with the cap dollars. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be those exact players. I'm just saying. You allocate two and a half million ish to a goalie, four mil to a top six player, and three mil to a bottom six player. And I think this team is significantly improved than it was a couple of days ago. Yeah. So hundred percent. I, I, I agree. Kemper's my number one target as well. Yeah. When it, when you're talking about free agent goalies, I'm gonna touch on a couple. I, we talked about Linus Olmark. I think he'd be really good. He's asking for $6 million from the Buffalo Sabres. Whoa. So I don't think that's a player in the Leafs range. Philip Grubauer would be great. Again, he's asking for Robin Leonard's deal. We're talking $6 million here. And I think he thinks he's Bennington Leonard level. So Bennington made a hair over six, I think. I can see that. Which I is fair. That, sure. And I think Colorado's going to do everything they can to keep him. Yeah. So I'm going to put those guys, gonna put those opinion, guys aside because I don't think they're going to be in the number no. that the Leafs want. But Saravelli did say the Leafs are in on Allmark. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, that one comes with a little bit of risk. But like then again, the risk is because he played on such a bad team. I don't hate Linus Olmark. I like Linus Olmark. Six million dollars. A six million is way, way too much. So at the least, you're probably he's probably going to sign for four and a half. I still yeah. think that's probably more than you would want to pay a goalie. I also beliefs. think like, okay, so Freeman did put out there that the Leafs' number one concern is goaltending. They really need to get a tandem goaltender out there, fifty-fifty split kind of guy. So like in terms of all these people, it's like oh, the Leafs going into free agency with nine dollars. No, they got. What'd you say, Jason? Nine point seven million dollars. And again, is I, the I could see them trading a you guy could, like Engvall, a guy like Dermot to open some, up another. Open up yeah. some more room Absolutely. up there. Like they could easily get an impact player in free agency. So they're just going to stop. Like take a. There's a site. It's free. It's called Cap Friendly. Maybe give it's it a look. It's your friend. How about that? Cap Friendly, friendly you is your friend. There's a fr- the word friend in it for a reason. So, but um, uh, one that I keep taking a look at, and I, I so. To go back, Larry Brossois. Wow. Larry Bro. That's interesting. Wow. Put up some good numbers two years in a row with, with Winnipeg. I mean, limited sample size because he's the backup to the best one of the best goalies on planet Earth, if not the best. But he's a guy I was so low on him before when he was with the Oilers. It got to a point where it, it was a game where I was like, okay, Laurent Brossois is playing, bet against the other team because he stinks. That's I was at that point with Michael Hutchinson in Florida as well. Like that's the caliber of goaltender you have to be, right? I'm also on that sort of level with newish goaltenders in the league. I mean, it's it's a pretty easy bet against because some of them look terrible right away. It's a big adjustment there. 
But Laurent Brassois went to Winnipeg, and he really cleaned it up. He's a, he looks bigger in the net. I want to say he's six foot, he's six three, listed at six three, six four kind of thing. Like he's very well put together in the net. When I mean that, it's not too much flailing. It's very like not too many holes kind of thing. I mean, I know the Leafs are looking to. They're not afraid to spend for a goaltender, but Laurent, I wouldn't be too upset with Laurent Brassois. It would be an adjustment. It would be a bit of a gamble, and I don't think they're in a position to too much gamble too much with the goaltending position because, again, how, what's his max amount of NHL games played? You think he's getting big money? No, I'm going to ask you. What do you? So for a guy like that, that's a backup, though, right? That's not yeah. a one A one B. Well, do you, I mean, do you give him the one B chance? Maybe, but so, I but I wouldn't. You're give not him, in a position to, but it I'd would give be interesting. The, I'd give him the one B chance. I wouldn't give him the one B money. No, not at all. No, no, no. chance. So, so he no, just he made one point five though. What? How does he not get a raise off that? It'd be two and a half. Too much for me for that yeah. type of goal. I think that's a little out of my range personally. Yeah, I mean, he's probably gonna uh, like. It, it, it's an interesting one because with goalie, uh, goalies, I've said it time and time again, but like. It'd be an interesting one to gamble on. I didn't hate the way he looked in a net there, right? Like, that's one that I look at and I just go like, hmm. I'm not saying like, oh, that should be a target for the Leafs. I just look at it and I go, that's interesting. That's an interesting goalie right there. It's an interesting free agent. Yeah, yeah. And it could also... it could also be the case where the Leafs maybe take a chance on someone like that because how how it, it it's again it's going to all depend on how free agency plays out for these guys. Yeah. Because I, I really think the Leafs do take a run at uh, Kemper if they don't find a guy in free agency at the right number. And I wonder if they can get Brisson. Maybe maybe if Kemper doesn't get traded, that's an option down the road where they lo- look to add Kemper late in the year. I wonder if that could be a thing if maybe. if they don't think that that now that's a big risk move. That's mm-hmm. a high risk move that doesn't really have that good of an upside of a reward. But that, that, that could be a, a course of action for the Leafs to take. One guy that I want to touch on is his former partner in Arizona, which is Antti Ranta. Interesting. Give me your thoughts. From what I kind of saw, I thought it would he's going back. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, decent goaltender. Um, smaller. On the smaller end, I don't have too, too much on him to be quite honest been a bit injury prone over the last three years right so i think he's he's i think you're i think you're right he's probably going back to arizona but i just thought as a ufa maybe he's worth a look right possibly one b type maybe two three mil the other up he's put up some good numbers he has put up good numbers so when you look at his new york numbers 919 922 comes to the desert 930 had a 921 save percentage in there i mean solid goaltender a little older, obviously, 31, bit, 32. Yeah, and, a little bit older on just the smaller end. he just came off some end, injuries, so that's a more risky one. I don't want to – I'm not going to pretend to analyze a guy I don't actually have right. notes that's on. That's the thing. I know you know a lot about these two guys, though. So we got Peter Mrazek and we got Jonathan Bernier, yeah. a familiar name to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're both technically on Carolina. I'm almost certain Carolina is not going to sign both of these guys. It sounds like they might not sign either of these guys yeah, right now. Because they know. also have James Reimer, who's an unrestricted free agent. So they have three goalies they, right now the, who they're probably... The word is that they're going bottom of the barrel, like no money on goalies. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's going to be true. They don't value the position and they don't want to pay any money at it. So that's what I've heard. 
But I want your take on these two well, specifically, I mean, Mrazek and Bernier, because I think sense. I think Mrazek and Bernier are two prime one B candidates at around three million, two to three million for the Leafs, possibly. That's yeah. really interesting so, that that's Carolina's thought process in terms of bottom of the barrel, because when you look at it, Peter Mrazek was came in on a one and a half million dollar deal. James Reimer was a cap dump from Florida, and Alex Nedeljkovic was on waivers at one point this year. All I mean. Reimer's not the biggest goalie, 6'2", but when you look at the other way, Alex Nedeljkovic is not very tall either. I think he's six foot. Uh, Peter Mrazek is around six foot one as well. I mean, not the biggest goaltenders there either. I mean, I think if they, I think their thought process is if we keep the D very, very strong, then goaltending we don't have to spend on. I don't love that thinking because each of the three goaltenders you've brought in all had high, high upside. Nadelkovich was one of the best goaltenders in the OHL. He was a Calder Cup champion with the the um, Charlotte Checkers there. Uh, at Peter Mrazek is a former all-star who's shown very, very good flashes. James Reimer was a, showed some very, very good stuff in, in Toronto as well. I mean, you didn't bring in three scrubs from the East Coast League. You didn't bring in Michael Hauser and expect him to, to play 60 games there. So... That's where I criticize their thinking there a little bit. Jay, the, Josh, the biggest thing is Jay, that they operate. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is still true. I, I hope this. They operate under an internal cap, so they they don't usually like to spend towards the towards the cap. So maybe that's what, something that they can see where uh, the, they feel like the upside of getting yeah. a good goalie just isn't worth it to them because they'd rather. But spend also think about you're you're going to lose Dougie Hamilton if you think that you're going to yeah. give him absolutely <laughs> Tory Krug kind of money there, but. In terms of bringing in a goaltender, Jonathan Bernier put up some surprising numbers after his first year with Detroit. He started awful with Detroit. He started mm-hmm. horribly. But put up some decent numbers, and I, I think he's just that. He's a he's a decent goaltender. That could be a guy. A 1B, yeah. 1B, exactly. But then Campbell's going to take your playoff starts there. Um, Do you have an the, issue with Campbell taking your playoff starts? No. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, especially with. I, I like I like Jack Campbell. Me too. I have I like no issue with that. Campbell. I've heard some yeah. speculate that maybe he's not the guy. I think, I think those people I think should shut agreed. up. Agreed. You didn't watch what the, the hell? Scene. What the hell has he done that's that's been? Yeah, he bad deserves every right to have that shot. So like, I, how many bad games has he had with Toronto? No, he had one bad week. No, I just that's something it. I heard. I I don't put any credence to it though. So I don't know. So like, again, again, okay, he hasn't started fifty games before in a season. Maybe the injury issues. You can criticize that. Okay. Sure, yeah, I can see that as well. But from what he's shown you, I've really, really liked it so yeah, far, fantastic. right? And yeah. he's shown you some good stuff in L.A. as well. Agreed. But, so, and then in addition to that, you mentioned Peter Mrazek. I keep seeing his name thrown around with the Leafs. I don't know why, if there's an actual connection there. Again, like, maybe there's – I have a, I, I really liked – Peter Mrazek in Detroit. I've liked him ever since he was with the Ottawa 67s there. So that's where I maybe have a little bit of a personal bias. But I don't think I like him as much as some people make him out to be. Yeah. He, he's had he had a tough stretch in Carolina when he first got there. He didn't he only played 12 games this year. Had a tough go in the playoffs at one point as well there. But he's a he's a six one goaltender, which is not big by any stretch of the imagination, but he's shown you some very, very good hockey in his career. Yeah. And I th- I think that that 
that could be another 1B option that's not going to break the bank there. I, th- I think Mrazek's going to look, look to get paid a little bit more than I think he'll be priced out of Mrazek. That's, that's my only wow. thing with Mrazek. But I just he don't know what credence he has to get paid, right? He only yeah. played 12 games this year. He was injured. He was the backup in the, by the time the playoffs came around. And he came back and played well, by the way. And he was still the backup to yeah. Nadelkovich. Before that, he was a little up and down in Carolina, I would say. So maybe somebody overpays for him. I, I could see that. But I think I, I really think Mrazek... Bernier, and then I'm going to put Ranta in there possibly. Or I think these are two and a half to three and a half million yep. dollar options. There's one more guy in that range who I think I have to mention. Frederick Anderson. Interesting. From what I've heard on the interest level, it's on the lower end for Per Saravelli. I mean, to bring him back, my here's my thing on Frederick Anderson. Look at, I think it was the month of March. He was fantastic this year. Something happened and he fell off. I don't know what's going on with him. I've poured over the tapes on him. 2018, 2019, and before that, he was fantastic. Lightning quick goaltender, big goaltender, can move around the net very well. Um, But then this year, his movements seemed off. They didn't seem as crisp at all. His pushes did not seem as crisp. When it came to point shots, I thought it was a lot of once the shots come. So when in a, in goaltending, when the shots at the point there to see around the screen, you're almost standing up straight. But as the shot comes in, as the shot comes in, you're getting more and more into your crouch, and you'll see that they go from up high and then they're coming down into your crouch, so you can actually react to the save. I felt Frederick Anderson. It was a lot of flopping down and just not really reacting to it properly, and then just not seeing the puck. And then just horrible, horrible movements. And when he came back at the end of the year with the Marlies and with Ottawa, it didn't look much better. So that really, really worries me. The last two years, the inconsistency in the year before, um, this year showed some flashes, but again, just came back and looked awful after his injuries there. I like, okay, you get him at a good cap number. I still, I don't know. I, really I would also know. be looking elsewhere. He's also 32. Again, I think goalies Let are... Let another team take a chance agreed. on him. Agreed. I think goalies have a better opportunity to play into their 30s. We see a lot of goalies do yeah. it. I just... I look at every metric for Anderson. You look at even strength, save percentage. You look at power play, save percentage. You look at high danger. You look at shoot, uh, scoring chance, save percentage. You could argue, okay, he was playing injured this year, but, but like when he came but it back from but injury, even last he looked year, awful. But even last year, his numbers took a dip from the previous four years. And... That's something, you know, it just looks like he's trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. And not as like an off year. I do think you need to lump in 1920 as a total package. He wasn't terrible, but it was a step down from his previous, you know, three years as a Leaf and his previous career in Anaheim. Kind of so. weird when the Leafs defense got better, he got worse. Yeah. <laughs> but again, and the number that sticks out for me that really was ugly this year, a 791 save percentage on the power play. Like, he w- again... Your goalie point needs, shots. Your go, exactly. Your goalie needs to be good for you on in shorthanded situations, right? And a 791 save percentage when the opposing team is on a power play is just terrible. Like, yeah. so I, I just even his even strength dipped down to a 909 save percentage. His career number was a 922. Like this, this is a player that really has taken a downturn. I, I agree. I, I think let another team take a chance on him. Yeah, and just one last point on him for me is just that he was one of the worst goalies in high danger save percentage, and that's something that the Leafs suppress they're trying to suppress the, the and they they their defense like you said took a huge step forward and the fact that they did that and it just didn't help them at all is 
worrying to me. Shocking. Any other goalies you guys want to touch on? I like Halak as a backup option. Maybe not a 1B. Again, uh, he had a little bit of a tick downwards with a save percentage, but... I don't even think to play devil's advocate. 30, God knows what years old. Yeah. Dip and tape percentage at 905. I mentioned injuries. I was completely wrong about that one, but just the decrease, the, the decline in play at that age... I don't know, man. He would, but he would be a, a 750 guy or a one mil guy. It would right? be very cheap. So we're, we're just looking at all, this would be a bottom of the barrel option. And I think he can play 35 games for you. I really, he did it 19, 20, 31 games in a shortened season, 18, 19, 40 games, 17, 18, 54 games. Like he can do it. Yeah. As a Again, fi- is he too old to do it now? I'm not sure he could be, mm-hmm. but. He was 34 and 35 when he played 40 and 31, right. respectively. So, but again, and he played 20 num- in, in a short His numbers season. this year were not as good, no doubt about it. Overall, across the board, not as good. But, you know, I I think as a $1 million option, as a guy who can play 35 games, not necessarily as a 50-50, but a 60-40 split, I think yep. that's a guy that we got to circle for the Leafs. And, and one thing as well, last year, uh, sorry, uh, in the bubble, he played nine games for, for Boston, and he didn't play amazing, but he still had a 900 save percentage and, and like a 2-7 Goals against, which isn't the greatest small it's, sample, he would be a but guy he can play. Keep, He's serviceable, he, right? We, we need guys who can to, play. To keep the ship running. Exactly. exactly. During the regular season. And he's shown that he yeah. can do that. He's been the the one B to Tuka Rask for three years now, and he's done a very good job at it. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's it for goalies. That's though. it for goalies. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I've heard some flurries, juicy rumors. I, I, that's not I, a lead. Again, no, he's a fantastic goaltender, but like that number. Vegas is not retaining. No chance. They'd rather keep their goalies than do that. Yeah. Yeah, so not retaining anything. Um, last thing I want to touch on for free agency, this is a small thing that I, I wanted to bring up. It's that there's a, a lot of guys who didn't get qualified, and there was some uh, Group 6 UFAs. There's two guys. Frederick Gauthier. Yeah, oh, Frederick Gauthier. Just didn't yeah. So these are just two guys I, I, I saw and I looked at. I, I don't know if you guys have something. Sorry, I just kind of threw this on you. But one guy I, I saw is Cliff Poo. He has some decent decent goal scorer, good goal scorer with great hands and a good shot. But his issue is defensive play and physicality. Where he, but Cliff Poo's an AHL player, though. Yeah. Yes, but these are the, the, sorry. I'm talking about Marley's players. Oh, at least okay. Swing sure. Why not? Yeah. AHL yeah. So contract? just yeah, just an AHL contract and it's someone who could who who knows if he can tri- I don't contribute. Know, the two years, but after his after he left the OHL, those two years just were terrible. Good 16 games this year, I guess. I don't I think mean, he's an NHL. His finishing though. ability is not only good. He had 35 goals yeah. one year he, in London. That was it. Sure, After I have that, no nothing. issue with signing at pretty much anyone to like the. And then, and right? then another shot. another guy Whatever. is Jor- Jordan sure. Gross, who was uh, a Group Six UFA because he didn't log enough games for uh, Arizona. He got hurt this year. He, I think he was going to be a, a roster player for them. Got hurt this year. Um, he's a smooth skater with good offensive instincts. He plays right D. 26 years Where old. Where are you reading that from? Uh, he's just. <laughs> Thing, scout, scouting reports I read online. I remember he was at Notre Dame. So he I was, remember that. Yeah. So he's, he's he he was a point producer at Notre Dame. Jake and honestly, with Jake Evans, he, I remember actually. You could you could pitch him a career path of like look, look at what uh, Justin Hall did. More uh, more offensive upside than Justin Hall, less defensive upside. But he's a guy who could come in and potentially make it make an impact three four years down the road as a bottom six guy in in the NHL if you can develop it yeah, properly. Sure. Anyways, I have no issues. Just with throwing those guys. out there as little yeah. darts. A yeah, sure. couple guys maybe that could get you know two way deals. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a cheap. Jordan Gross, yeah, that's a cheap two way deal. I like that actually. I, I honestly think because I I think that the Arizona made a huge mistake. Now him and Bunting, they clearly have no idea. What, like they're they're missing a lot of stuff here. So, anyways, yep. I don't know. It could also they they've had a decent sample size of these guys. I don't know, but uh, again, that's another trash organization. That whatever. Um, and then um, 
what, what are we what are we on to next? Didn't you say you had like a plan B? Yes. I want to hear that. Okay, so this is uh so we, we I I feel like with uh, Leafs Twitter, this is kind of a uh, there, we, there's a gr- a lot of groupthink going on with like what the Leafs need to do, and I think it's bang on, right? We need to get that that top middle six winger. We need to get another depth piece, maybe an, one or two more depth pieces at forward, potentially a veteran D and a goalie. So we we can all agree that those are four areas that the Leafs would ideally like to address. And I think everyone is kind of sold. If if you if if I were to ask you guys to take one of those guys out. It, it would be the veteran D or the bottom bottom six player, right? So I, I'm thinking with Seattle being introduced into the NHL, there's a lot more money to be thrown at free agencies. I'm worried that the Leafs are going to get priced out of all the high-end free high-end I put in brackets, the Brandon Sods, the Grandlands. I think, I think the Leafs are going to get priced out of them, unfortunately. So one thing I'm wondering the Leafs could do is not shoot big for a, 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 a top six winger yet save a bit of cap space and acquire a player at the deadline. It could yeah. be, it It'll could be something you where you accrue cap. Pick, unfortunately, so, but, yep. yeah. but Hey, we, we've shown that we're willing to for it. So the reason why I say this is because honestly, the UFAs next year are pretty big. I'm going to list them for you on, on teams that are that t- players that I think could potentially yeah. get moved. First of all, if getting Malcolm, we don't know what the situation was. There was rumors that he was going to oh, get no. moved. Full this. no move. That's the problem with him, right? Okay. So Claude Giroux, Phil Kessel, Joe Pavelski, Johnny Gaudreau, Radulov, Phil Forsberg, Tomas Hurdle, Sean Couturier. There are a lot of good UFAs that if you can... I'd, accru- I'd really look at Philip Forsberg. I'd really take a look at Tomas Hurdle because those are two teams that are not projecting to 100%, do very well. 100%. Joe Pavelski, I think Dallas will make a rebound this year. So do I, but I'm just saying those are those are all teams that are close to yeah. playoffs but could potentially miss and will be willing to sell those guys, I think, at the deadline. I think that's a great idea. I just think this division is going to be really competitive this yep. year. They're yeah. going to try to add as much as they can in free agency. And you know what? They got guys they could move at the deadline to move cap. If you get Philip Forsberg, sorry, Kerfoot, see you later. Like, you know 100%. what I mean? There's guys there they can move money out for. And again, it seems like at the deadline, teams have no issues retaining. Even if you need a third team to retain, like we saw Tampa do with David Savard, it's possible. So... I like that idea though. I like the. I think they are going to be active in free agents or in trade deadline moves this year as well. They were this year. They're going to do it again, and I I I think that's a feasible idea. But I do think they're still going to sign guys. Yeah. So, but uh, another small thing. I'm not talking about they leave three million dollars in cap. I'm I'm talking about one to two million max because if you do leave one million dollars, you get rid of Kerfoot. That's six and a half million dollars open available at the trade deadline by only leaving one million dollars of cap at. The beginning of the year. Yeah, I, it's interesting. That is an interesting perspective. I mean, just because you go into the season with uh, plan A. He's always plan, plan B. B. Exactly. That's a, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I like that. Very good foresight there. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. Um, a lot of interesting names. Barkov's also free agent. He's not getting traded, but like next no. year's free yeah, agent market's going to be hot. That's what I was looking at. The, the, I was, I just, yeah. I was curious to see next year's free agent market. No, when yeah. I saw that, my just jaw hit the floor. There's mar- so many. really good. good. Yeah. And it, really it could good. also be because... Uh, there hasn't been honestly a opportunity lot of to resign. The exactly. Guys. Yeah. But who exactly. Knows? A lot of those guys probably will test like Johnny Gaudreau's test in the market for sure. hundred percent. And that's, whew. I think Sean Couturier would be crazy not to like that. He could make $9 million. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. So, for sure. We want to do a quick around the league. Um, before we get to that, I asked on the story, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, send us DM of one player. You predict the least will sign. One guy said, uh, Cheryl Vasti. That's the, the username of him. 
Um, said lots of KHL one-year prove-it guys for sure. I mean, they signed one guy. I can't even remember his name. I don't think they're going that path. I think they're sticking to North America, unfortunately. Um, one, okay, Nick Guida told us, told me Michael Bunting. Love it. Talked we touched about him. on him. His first player we touched he on. He loves Michael and Bunting. And he said, and Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> I love it. So honestly, I'll All give right. I'll give Nick a lot of credit. He actually watched I don't know how he watched a lot of Arizona games because we had Michael Bunting in fantasy. People so. in Arizona didn't watch Arizona <laughs> games. I don't. Even, uh, anyways, and he um, he liked them. He looked good apparently. So Luca Chaparro said a bunch of stupid stuff. I'm not even reading this. Andrew Kills said Sod. Yeah, Sod. love You're that. A big fan of that one. I really like that one. Um, Mark Batero said would love to see David Savard. Not happening. I would love it too. Or Anderson from Montreal, but he's spelling it as in like Frederick Anderson, not Josh Anderson. Josh Josh Anderson stinks. Oh. Anyways. Wait, Josh Anderson? I don't know. He threw out a bunch of names that like are just not really realistic. But David Savard, of course, I would love David Savard. I would also love Jack Eichel, who you mentioned up here. I also think David Savard is is a candidate to maybe be around on day five and six of free agency because yeah, I think he's going to want a lot of money and he's going to kind of wait to see what Dougie Hamilton does and now Martinez is off the board too he's got a comparable Martinez so. at five mil yeah I, think. I heard Friedman say this and I agree David Savard to Montreal makes a ton of sense oh yeah, yeah. so for sure again last year we saw players do that and kind of get burned by it. I think this year a lot of players because like I said there's a lot of dollars being like being that are going to the be only thing is the this teams. year there's no legal tampering so it's I don't think it's going to be as crazy as previous years on like free agency day one because yeah. they weren't technically allowed to talk to these free agents beforehand they yeah. did have a period I think before the expansion draft but not with your no oh, yeah, right. teams sorry free sorry agents. not with other teams sorry sorry about that that's all right um, that's all we got yeah no no, I saw a couple of people have mentioned like the, you know, Landeskog. Obviously, you'd love to have that. I think you're pressed Obviously. out of that. Um, what was another player that was mentioned to me? Uh, Kyle Palmieri was another one. Yeah. Again, yeah. We touched on all these guys. Though. Yeah. I think, I I think, think we, we literally touched, touched on, on every really like, legitimate free agency, free um, agent out there. Quick around the league. Around let's do, do a got? rapid fire. Let's let's do a like a rat race. We'll do oh, yeah. every around the league. We'll do a quick 30 second. What you think about it? Oh, yeah. Draft, day tr- draft trade editions. Yeah. Um, just opening up the... Yeah, I'll start it. All the so the first one is Seth Jones. Go ahead. Uh, they gave too much and they paid him too much money. I don't think Chicago is going to age gracefully as a as a team going forward. So. No. Trash organization. I hope they end up in the trash. Uh, at least they didn't trade Kirby Doc or Alex Debrinkett, but I thought Adam Bockfist is an absolute young, promising defenseman they should not have given up. Yeah. So piggybacking off of Columbus, I really wanted to do this. Sorry, Jake Bean for a second round pick. Love I think that that's a great addition. Yeah, Eighth yeah. overall pick. Um in a couple of years ago's draft. That's a fantastic like, three young guys that I like Gabriel. Now you can play him a lot of Bean minutes and, and grow Bonfist. with that. Yep, I like that, that. Grow, core. Good, good deal for both teams. Got a uh, they could could have got a good player at forty four, but they, they had a ton of draft picks, Columbus that being they. And I think it was uh, might be a good potential buy low for Jake. Uh, he wanted out too. So Yeah. So it made sense. Um, Voracek for J, uh, for Cam Atkinson. I read somewhere that Voracek was a very good player off the rush. That's where most of his production used to be. Um, uh, with Vigneault, the Flyers have played a lot more dump and chase, so his offense kind of got stifled there. Uh, Cam Atkinson brings you a lot of finishing ability, So, and I think it saves them a little bit of cap, cap money 
on that one. But Voracek didn't really get stifled. He was still good. I think yeah, he's 43 under, points in 56 he, games, but he was getting paid 8-2-5, no? Yeah. yeah, he's definitely overpaid, but he's yeah. a terrific passer. I think you put him on a line with Patrick Lyon, that's a good potential of two yep. players that can play well 100%. together. 100%. So I I thought I like that it was a hockey trade, too, yeah. one for one. Good good hockey deal, and I think Columbus might might be the guys who find the better end of that deal because I think Voracek could bump both his, his own value and uh, um, uh, Liney's value. But you also get about three mil of cap savings with Atkinson, which is nice, right? But a, the, an extra year, yeah. so it, yeah. it, it, it depends. Year. So fun trade though, good to see. Very, yeah, you always love to see those hockey trade. Um, and then on top of that, Garland and o- 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 OEL for a bunch of garbage and the ninth overall pick and a second and, and, a second. and two and seconds. Sec- oh, I missed that part. Whoa! Oh. Wait, they got two seconds? Uh, at least one second. I thought it was. I could be wrong. Let me do, let's let's double check this. You look that one up. I'll do Buchnevich for Sammy Blay, was it? And a second round pick? Sorry, just it's just the second next year for OEL. But uh, to Buchnevich, great deal f- for them. Absolutely. Like he's a, absolutely absolutely fantastic he's a deal horse. for St. Louis. St. Louis, so, be- Louis is better off with him playing there than Tarasenko right now. They literally yes. upgraded on Tarasenko. Somehow. And they ha- only have to give a second round pick and a bottom six guy. That's great a dream. Trade. I think New York is galaxy branding themselves with the Tom Wilson situation, yes. trying to be, bring these like functional tough guys in. Yes, but Sam is even. Yeah, he's a little know. got a little edge to his game. So f- I know, he, I know that, but I don't know. F- I don't full know. full deal for all, all of Rick Larson is OEL Connor Garland for Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, the, the ninth pick, second pick next year's draft, and a seventh round pick. Yeah. So sorry, it was one second round pick. Um, yeah. Vancouver's going all out for this year. Jim Benning's got his you know seat is as hot as ever. Uh, yeah. I, Ekman Larson, I don't even think it's just a stats guy thing. Everyone knew he was not good this year, and he yeah, wasn't no. good the year before. So. I know that they got Arizona to retain a little bit, but man, you put him and Tyler Myers on the same decor in your top four. It's not. I, I don't know how that's going to work. Are just absolutely not. I like there. Garland, but it depends what they pay him as well. Yeah, I think Garland's well. the better player right now yeah. in that yeah, deal. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. They got the, so the good thing for Vancouver is that they got the best player in the deal. But I, I honestly think both yeah. teams somehow lose this trade. I don't know how, but uh, the only it's saving grace one. for Vancouver is um, Connor Garland. I just want to touch on like. What was, what is Arizona doing? Like, couldn't they couldn't they have gotten a sec? Like, like wasn't Boston offering them a second last year for OEL, and now they basically did yeah. a cap dump for him? Well, well because they, they that second is their now hand. gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they couldn't get it done there. Yeah, um, Arizona just taking on a bunch yeah. of garbage hey, you and know gave what? up what, for a them. seventh round pick. If you're gonna blow it up, blow it up. And exactly. I don't hate it. And they took exactly. Dylan Gunther in that range, who I think is probably mm-hmm. a good bet to be a solid second yeah. line winger in the NHL. So they took on Shane Goss's bear as well. Yeah. They got a little. Few, uh, they got quite a few picks for that when they took on Andrew Ladd yeah. on top of that. I just want to touch um, on Gus Bear. I think that's a great trade for oh, them. Oh, and they just all- traded for Anton Strollman as well yeah, yeah. right before we went on. Got another second yeah. on that. Another keep, second. Keep, keep stockpiling those picks. They have six, five or six second round picks yeah. next year, which is insane. Like Give that. them all. Give them all to them. Um, but yeah, just quickly on Gus, it's very, he's honestly interesting as a better replacement for OEL, honestly. As silly as it sounds, even though they took him as a cap dump. Power play special. No, the, the part that's messed up there is that. They traded a second with Goss to spare to then trade a first for Rasmus Ristolainen. I think you could probably make an argument that Goss to spare is a better player than Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. I really think so. Yeah. Alain Vignon never liked Shane Goss to spare. It was very clear. He was wanted out for about a year and a half now, maybe two years. And I think he, I think Joey said this. He's going to score 40 to 50 points in Arizona this yeah. year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, but I mean, him playing first power play, yeah, I could see that 100%. Small piggyback. So we all agree that Buffalo. Won that deal in a, in a landslide. Philadelphia, yes, I did. Philadelphia but I think got they 100 percent 
100,000% lost the Sam Reinhardt Go, deal. Yeah, exactly. The Sam Reinhardt deal is going to get you a low first-round pick, and you traded for Devin Levi. Devin Levi played seven games this year in the World Juniors, and that's it. He played for Northeastern NCAA and did not get one game. Yeah. He was a seventh-round pick last year. All of a sudden, now you're propping him up as a top prospect after seven games behind that Canada World Juniors team. He was He played well. Yeah. I don't think he played that well, especially so, for a 20-year-old guy. I I think Buffalo severely lost that. They, they, they missed the mark on this one because the highest pick, the highest that first round pick is going to be, it's a t- top ten protected. So it's probably oh, going to like the highest it can be is an eleventh. I don't I don't it think this be. I don't think this team is missing the playoffs <laughs> no, next year either. So you're getting that first round pick probably early twenties. The only thing I would say for Buffalo is if you couldn't get any, at least try and squeeze another draft pick, whether it be a sixth or a seventh out of them, because the, the fact that you're only getting a prospect and a first round pick for Sam Reinhardt. I don't think, I think not even a prospect, honestly, is Levi even like it's, he's a B almost C level prospect. C level no? prospect. Yeah. So me. like I, I would have at least when tried to look at the grand scheme of things. A little something. More. I mean, made team Canada. Sure. Yeah. Zero NCAA games this year. Yeah. So I thought you could have squeezed at least one more pick, at least as know. a dart throw in yeah. future drafts. Anyways, that's transitioning. My, goalies. Wait, wait. Quick take on yeah. that. I'm scared of Florida. And by the way, Florida's not done. Just watch out. They're going to keep smokes, going this yeah. week. Their so. team looks good. Their oh, team yeah. looks very good. Yeah. Honestly. Transitioning Sorry, go goalie talk. Alex Nedeljkovic for Jonathan Bernier and a third. Absolute Jonathan Bernier is not steel. even close steel. in contract talks. And they signed him for three mil for two years. Absolute great deal by Detroit. That's probably the goalie of your future. There. They're still they're, they're trying to trend on the up and up. And I mean, what a... Who, who better to bet on Agreed. than Alex Nedeljkovic, who seen, just came off a great year? We've seen this year. many times. You never get better. Look, look at Ottawa. Ottawa's team was pretty good this year, but the goaltending will always, you know, keep you in that exactly. bad area. If you st- when you get that goalie, that's when your team starts to trend outwards. Oh, so yeah. maybe this is the start, n- probably next year of the trend and upwards. And I mean, it, it was a twenty-three game sample size. If it doesn't work out, there's oh, well. one more year, three yeah, million. Nothing from they me. have cares. thirty million in cap space. Yeah. I don't think they care. Yeah. Who cares? Good stuff. I think we. I think that's it. Um, for uh, for uh, around the league at least. Oh yeah. Good speed round, guys. That was that was awesome. That was a very good one. Uh, I think we touched on everything hockey related. If there's a free agent that we didn't touch on, I, I don't know who it is. It's probably not a guy that's signing for more than a million. Like, so. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, Maybe yell Corey us. Perry. <laughs> hey, if your favorite free agent wasn't talked about on this podcast, yell at us on Twitter at Rank Rat Report. All right. That's all for today. Thank you for tuning in. Take follow, care. follow us on socials. Shout out to New Zealand. Thank you. Goalie skull.